Hey, before you get to the podcast, we just want to say that there are a lot of very deserving places that you can donate money to in order to help out the people in Ukraine right now. But at the top of the description, you'll find a link to a fundraiser set up by a friend of ours. So, you know, maybe consider throwing some money there or to one of the many other places that need help right now. The invasion of Ukraine is really messed up and it's the biggest news story right now. And so we didn't want to put out a podcast without acknowledging it at all. But this is a silly good times show and we didn't feel like it'd be right to just blunder through the subject. So, yeah, um, solidarity to the people of Ukraine. Hello and welcome to the Misanthropod, episode 132. I'm Drumblebee. And as always, I'm joined by Wib. Say hello. Hello. How are you, Wib? I I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm I'm well, thank you. Um, unfortunately, we're not joined today by Snipe. Uh, no, no, she's taking a bit of a mental health break because she's not been uh, not been doing very well recently. So um, you know, be sure be sure to wish her well in the comments. But uh, but it shall just be us, and I, I promise that we will not spend an inordinate amount of time speaking about trains. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I actually probably what, <laughs> one of my topics as, as much as you know, I obviously very obviously w- wish her well and blah blah blah. You know, mental health is very important, but there is one topic that I'm kind of glad I'm not going to talk about when she's here. So okay, okay, <laughs> because I feel I feel like we might genuinely fall out. So <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to deal with that one. Um, is this is this about Book of Boba Fett or the uh, Mandalorian? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Spoilers <laughs> for in five minutes' time. <laughs> okay, uh, I, sh- I feel I should mention uh, that I found out just before the podcast something that um, is uh, is um, a little devastating. Mm. Do you know that they have they are, have officially cancelled Neighbours? <gasps> no. Yeah, it's finally ending. I think it's this summer they'll be filming on the final episode. I mean, I mean, do you want to know a secret? It's a, it's a dark confession. Is it? I didn't know Neighbours were still going. Honestly. I know, it's shocking, isn't it? <laughs> like, my, my, under, my, my understanding <laughs> is that they stopped showing it in Australia years ago because only the British are depraved <laughs> enough to still like it. Okay, I like that story. That's good. That's good. That's, that's good. <laughs> uh, but anyway, what what have you been up to, my friend? So, I've done, I've done, I've done a bunch of stuff since last we recorded. And the first, I suppose, I suppose we haven't even remotely acknowledged the fact that we just didn't record a podcast for two months. Uh, yeah, sorry, uh, it happened. Yeah, Christmas and then New Year, and then it's been a bit cold, I guess. Um, stuff, yeah, life and stuff. But we're back. Mm. We're, well, that, that's part of committal. We're we're we're, we're mm. doing this one. <laughs> two thirds of us are back <laughs> yeah, yeah, at okay. this exact moment in time, <laughs> and that's that's all we can guarantee. Yes. Um, Right, well, I'm going to do the, 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 the good content thing and leave the thing I alluded to to the end, because that's how, ah, that's how, that's yeah, how content keeps, works. Keeps people excited. Yep. They want to, yeah, 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 good call, good call. So I've done a bunch of other stuff, though. So we've watched, we watched, I've completely forgotten the name. In, in my notes, it says Fall slash Good slash Nice Guy, and I genuinely can't remember what it's called. It's a film with Ryan Reynolds where he's like a NPC character. 
Is it called Nice Guy? Good Guy? Uh, I don't know. It's a very, very generic name. <laughs> but he just plays a character called Guy, and he's an NPC in a um, mm. video game. Have you seen any trailers for it or anything about it? I see, I'm guessing from your silence, you might not have seen anything. I have I have not seen um, the movie um, Free Guy. Free Guy, that's the... Sh- that, yeah, that's the one, yes. Um, I have not seen it. I, I saw one clip that was uh, that contained like fifteen different references to other um, intellectual properties, and mm. um, uh, I think it erased some of my memories of childhood. So I thought I probably shouldn't <laughs> yeah, watch this movie. Yeah, it does have. There's one. I think they said they basically they celebrate the fact that they, I think it's made by. Fox, who are owned by Disney, so they celebrate. Yeah. There's like a there's like a two minute sequence, or like I can't even. There's a short sequence where they just celebrate the fact that they have the rights to basically everything in the universe and just show uh, it all at once. But the rest of the film isn't really like that. Um, okay, I mean to be fair, this. my dad um, was uh, has told me that it is actually quite good. <clears throat> so um, yeah, for those who don't know, it's a um, a character called Guy. And you say he's Ryan Reynolds, and he's he's sort of Ryan Reynolds playing Ryan Reynolds, which for now I can still enjoy. I think there is mm-hmm. very definitely going to be a time where I'm going to be very done with that, and the, it's going <laughs> to switch like like it's just going to happen, and then it's going to be like nope, very done with this now. But for now, I'm that. still on the right side of this, so I can I can deal with Ryan Reynolds if nothing else, <laughs> just to watch him for a bit. He's he's quite an attractive guy. Mm, um, true. I mean, in a very sort of generic, boring kind of way, but. <laughs> you know, again, you're um, not wrong. But yeah, so he is. He wakes up in the city and he goes off and goes to work, and it's all a bit weird. And then it turns out, without going into spoilers, but you, like you see this in the trailer, like it's quite good actually. So he, it turns out, he's an NPC character in a video game. So there's mm. loads of people. All the, all the player characters wear glasses, which is how you can see how how they're like player characters, and they're all off doing like it's Grand Theft Auto type things. So they're running around, stealing cars, robbing banks, whatever. And yeah. everyone who's not wearing glasses, so Guy and all the everyone else, they're just NPCs and they just have like set lines to do and and things and they're just kind of background people and they don't yeah. evolve or anything. But for whatever reason, he, which I won't go into too much, but he gets basically real, realises that he like develops a personality. And then this feels uh, very similar to uh, one of the books that Yahtzee wrote uh, called Mogworld, uh, which okay, is set yeah, I've, in I've... a sort of wow parallel um that uh, an M- an npc effectively becomes kind of aware of like that they can break outside of their limitations huh, yeah i mean it, it's that so it's I don't, it's not the most original of stories i'm sure um <laughs> what are you saying not... uh, tr- tr- you know no one's heard of this movie tron <laughs> but yeah it's it's a very enjoyable film because you can like you know they're in a CGI computer land, so they can do all the sort of explosions and weird computer stuff. But it's not you know groundbreakingly clever or anything. But as a blockbustery type entertainment film, I really enjoyed it actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was quite surprised. I was expecting it to be like to have loads of things that wound me up, and there is things like it is very much like a lot of the time like the game developers are like falling out with this. NPC and they're like just reboot it and they're like oh we can't we need to do this and we need to and like that's just not how that works like it, it's <laughs> just if it's a game it, they could just like if this guy is genuinely causing an issue you can you could just delete him 
Like it's it's there's lots of like various contrived reasons why like why yeah. it becomes a problem, and you're like, okay, it's. Mm. But I was expecting that to wind me up way more, and I'm just like, you know what? It's fine. It's a film. Just watch. I mean, it. those those sort of things. I generally speaking, um, my my opinion of like. I think calling these things plot holes is perhaps in, putting too much emphasis on them, but like <laughs> leaps yeah. of logic and contrivances yeah. uh, in movies are only a problem if you're not being entertained. If yeah, you're exactly. being entertained, then you overlook them because you're being entertained and, you know. Yeah. And I, these things only, yeah, really, you, you, realistically, you should only notice the problems when the movie stops being fun. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Engaging or whatever you want to say. Yeah. So yeah, I was I went into it. I'd heard good things from people, but I was like, mm, not sure. It's quite my cup of tea. Maybe let's give it a go. And yeah, really enjoyed mm. it. So I would actually. It's on. We watched it on Disney Plus. So I don't think I would. Mm. I don't think I was upset that I missed it in the cinema. But if it's something you're subscribed to anyway, yeah, I would actually. Yeah, I, I would. I would actually recommend it. Mm. So yeah, and yeah, the the bit the whole reference thing is like it's short enough to be like. Oh, cool! They're showing that thing rather than like you know the Ready Player One type thing where you're just like done with it, and it becomes, yeah. <laughs> becomes that's the whole point of the film, and then that's not really you know say that. I mean, I enjoyed that film too, to be honest. <laughs> um, they're making a second one, right? Or there's a second book? I assume they're making a second film. There is a second book, um, which I've heard is slightly better. Oh, okay. Um. Slightly. <laughs> there's, there's a. It, I've heard there is um, an iota of self awareness in it. Okay. Which for does it, which does for it... Ernest Klein is uh, is <laughs> yeah. um, you know a big step. By self awareness, does it reference the first book? <laughs> yeah. So you know how the first book is just him listing every work of fiction that yeah, he's ever, he Ernest Klein has ever consumed. Yeah. Uh, this is one him just recounting all of the works of fiction in the first book. It's self-referential yeah. to his references. Yeah, exactly. No, no. <laughs> Which would actually be quite good to be honest. Potentially, uh, I, I, they they start actually acknowledging the fact that the world is falling apart, and they should probably stop caring about the Oasis. Um, huh. Okay. Yeah, uh, but I th- if I remember correctly, they do it in a very stupid way because it's yeah. uh, it's Ernest Klein. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so that was a good film. Um, in slightly more, I don't want to say highbrow because that sounds far too pretentious, and I don't want to dig down on entertainment films. But we've been hmm. watching Succession on TV. I say on TV. I've heard a lot know, of people talk TV, about it. It's a TV show. We've not been watching it on yeah. TV. Yeah, it's oh, it's really. I think I hate it, but I also really can't stop watching it. <laughs> like I just, I watch it. Oh, okay, so if you don't know what it's about, um, Succession. It's a HBO, so it's like just to give you the idea of you know high budget production values, blah blah blah. Well, um, they are called home box office after exactly. all, exactly. And it is about sort of the Murdochs. But not. There's like a. It's a made up company with made up people. Ah, in it, but yeah. it's like a media conglomerate that also owns a load of other stuff. And it's it's TV network. is called ATN. I can't remember what it stands for. But they're like a they're Fox News equivalent. Like you know, quite like right wing sensationalist. Blah blah blah. Um, yeah. And they also have newspapers and a whole bunch of other stuff. So it's sort of like fairly obviously meant to be that. But it, interestingly enough, though, because I, I don't know what I'd call it. I'd just probably just call it like a drama or, or something. But when you look it up at Wikipedia, it says it's a satirical comedy, which 
There is funny bits, but it's definitely not a comedy, and I'm fairly sure they only call it satirical so they can get away with such an obvious <laughs> satire of a re- of real people. Right. <laughs> it could be a dramedy. Uh, it is not a dramedy. There, there, there is definitely laugh out loud bits, but mm. yeah, it's one of those ones. So it's all about you know, the old, the old, the old guy who owns this business, and he's got three kids who, at some point, are going to take over it because that's all the qualification you need. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's just it's called succession because it's kind of all about how he's going to pass it on to to his kids. Um, but yeah, all of the characters are awful people and mm. you know it's probably not their fault because they've been brought up in this whole you know all the money you want sort of around this dick of a guy like it's not necessarily yeah, their fault a, yeah. but they're all awful but those people. systems are, are yeah, <laughs> yeah those systems basically are just breeding grounds for mm. bad people Absolutely. like so you watch it and you just go i they're all rich and they're all mega and they're all like the big dilemma is like again it's it's one of those ones where spoilers but not really the big dilemma is that there's like various takeover bids and they don't know who else is going to take over the company. But it's like, well, worst case, and you get taken over, like people can't steal the company off you. They're going to have to buy it off you, whether that's force or not. Like you're going to walk away with the money or the company. Like what, what's the problem? Like what's the drama? Just, just retire. You have enough money now to retire. (laughs) Go and do something. Like I just can't, I don't understand the motives of any single character in the whole thing. And it's, and I hate I them all. I think we have established why but, neither of us are CEOs. Well, yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. if I suddenly got enough money that I could pay myself, you know, minimum wage a year for the rest of my life, like, you know, why why would you want any more than that? Really? Yeah, okay. exactly. You just go, okay, yeah, Minimum it. world in a wage where the minimum world is like a living wage, not the minimum world in <laughs> yeah, a world, yeah. minimum wage in a world where it's like dramatically under. So don't get to me, pay don't get me a living wrong. wage. Yeah, to pay myself a living wage. But like, I don't, I just don't understand why these people want it anymore. They could do so much good. And some of them at various times give hints that they want to do good. And then they're the, like, com- like overwhelming need to own this company or whatever but matthew don't you understand number go up i know but like oh yeah all of the characters are all well no they're really good characters and it's really compelling Mm. but they're all terrible people and like (laughs) get so angry while watching it because they're all making terrible probably good business decisions but like terrible human decisions or moral decisions or even just good for them decisions oh but yeah it's one of those ones where you watch it like oh we're gonna have to watch another one not because it's like really clickbaity or not click um cliffhangery or whatever yeah but it's just like oh, i just need to know what, what what happens next in the next episode not just the next minute yeah it's mm-hmm. i mean and the theme tune is oh it's like a little piano little <laughs> like ditty thing and, yeah. it, and it's very excellent you just sort of sit along <laughs> and like pretend to play piano to it every time for the next <laughs> okay. like day after you've watched it which is forever because you watch it every night because all you want to do is watch the rest of succession <laughs> yeah i i mean people who like that sort of tv have probably already know about it and have already watched it it's one of those ones where it's like it's not mm. exactly a you know un, under the radar subtle thing that no one's heard of like it's a pretty big show it's this new underground um, hit that no one's heard <laughs> yeah. of but yeah, we're not quite finished yet. There's three series so far. I don't know. Maybe they're making more. I kind of don't want to check because then I know I don't <laughs> like knowing if it's finishing because then you're like, oh, I know that this is the last ever episode. Something dramatic is going to happen or not. Yeah, um, yeah I get you. I'm um, halfway through the third series. And yeah, hmm. it's really good. I can definitely recommend that. A <laughs> um, couple of little quick ones. There's a new series of Queer Eye out. Did you ever watch Queer Eye? 
Uh, I, I saw bits and pieces it's, of it. If you want like a proper, like, wholesome, feel good, and yet you'll also be crying most of the way through, sort of telly. It's <laughs> it's very good for that. Like it's it's mm. pretty um, formulaic and and whatnot, but it is just very like heart, some of the episodes, man. They're so sad and so heartwarming. <laughs> it's just like oh yeah. Sometimes you just need a good cry and a good like happy ending. So to yeah, speak. Yeah. Um, don't have much to say on it apart from that. But yeah, there's a new series out. It's interesting actually because it was obviously made. Some of the episodes have started to be filmed before COVID, and then COVID happened, and then a lot of the episodes are just dealing with you know dealing. They filmed it in COVID, and they filmed it. They're going out to meet these people, and they're like maybe down or whatever because of COVID-related things. So it is quite interesting Makes seeing sense. that like ticking through. It is going to be deeply surreal, like, in, uh, you know, for people who are, say, I mean, I say this as if COVID's just going to be a thing that disappears. Well, yeah, so we're not, <laughs> in the UK, at least, we're not doing any more tests, therefore no cases, therefore COVID's over. I but let's just this bu- bush, on from, bush on from bush on from But no, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be surreal once, you know, for people that are born after mm. this point in history. Um, who will like be looking back at old media and then there'll just be this handful of years where just everything's a bit weird and because a lot of things like a lot of um like obviously reality stuff has to acknowledge it but like a lot of fiction just has has taken the bold stance of just pretending it doesn't happen mm. um so there's going to be these times where you go like everything just fell off for this period of time and I'm not sure why <laughs> mm yeah, it's going. To, it's going to be a surreal little um, yeah, like time I, capsule left. That's not necessarily going to be reflective of the reality of living in that time. Mm. But yeah, exam- but it's going to be a time, you know. Yeah, right. An example of that is I know various. Not that anyone goes back and watches soap episodes of soaps from the past. Really, I mean, maybe if you're a big Neighbours fan. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure if anyone, you know, is a not really done thing to go and watch episodes of soaps and things from the past. But I know quite a few soaps in the UK, at least. They like carried on filming or like stopped for a little while right at the start when no one knew what was happening, but then started filming again, but weren't allowed to be close and out of distance. So a lot of the episodes and, se- and like scenes are don't they don't show the characters together they like film one then cut away and film another character so it looks like uh, so it's, it's meant to look like they're like chatting or interacting but actually they're filmed completely separately which... so it's like an entire ent- entire series made of re- shot reverse shots for, yeah like, and, it's, and i don't uh, i mean i don't really watch any soap so i've never actually seen this but i was reading an article a while ago about like how that was happening how they were like, mm. like when they were trying to be close they had to film with like a bit of plastic or glass or whatever between them but they had to like try and position the camera so it wouldn't get any of the reflection so it wouldn't look like it was there and but yeah it's interesting that they like mm. i don't know if this is all of them again like i'm not into soaps but it would surely it would have been easy for them just to acknowledge this is set now everyone knows what's happening if we just have to wear masks or what distance in the series that also ticks the box for filming in masks and in distance. So would that not have just been the easier choice? Yeah, you don't have to explain social distancing when you're entire. You establish yeah, everyone that everyone it. needs to social distance. Like, it's not that weird. Yeah, but I think quite uh, a few of them made a choice not to do that. Which you know, I mean, may- to be fair, the one of the other big soaps, uh, professional wrestling, um, hmm. had uh, had a whole thing they had to they had to do where they didn't have crowds. 
Um, and I've seen some bits of it because I'm not a wrestling person at all. But I've, like, I've gone through um... phases. I have gone through phases. <laughs> the first of which was obviously when I was like a kid or a teenager or whatever that yeah. early teenage probably. Mm. But I did get quite I, I into had... it as like, I think I was at uni. So I must have been like, you know, mid 20s or whatever. Mm. And I went through a good year or so of watching like Raw and SmackDown like every week. Mm. And it was like, why am I into this now? I like, obviously, as a kid, like, I knew it was fake, but didn't want to accept it wasn't, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. But, like, it, it was just quite entertaining. <laughs> what can I say? Like, I, I it's get, just, I it's get just, that. Yeah, it's just good, quite good fun. I, I'm not into it now. I have no idea what's going on no. now. But Speaking, uh, speaking of that, actually, um, uh, on the... Um... Adeptus Podcasters, they, uh, the episode they put up um, today, well, when we're recording it today, uh, they had Samoa Joe on, because he's a big Warhammer fan. Huh. Okay. Which is a little surreal, but yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was going to say, yeah, they didn't have crowds, and like I saw some, I saw some footage from it, and it's really surreal, because obviously they can't bounce off the crowd yeah and you can hear you can hear them like making the calls to i was gonna say other. yeah because like the whole thing of it is that they like tell each other what they're going to do before they do it but yeah you don't hear that because the crowd noise and the camera cuts mm. away to the crowd or you know whatever yeah i heard it was Ooh. it was like really like taxing to do I bet, because, yeah, yeah you you got none of the feedback because like you know we, we both know what it's like to um you know, f- for playing music, playing to a crowd that's giving you nothing back and how that drains you of energy. Like You are right, Rib. Three does count as a crowd. <laughs> <laughs> we have played we, to more than three we, people. We have played to bigger crowds a, than that occasionally, yes. Occasionally. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's always very surreal. Uh, it's going to be, um, yeah. I know, it's just one of those things I think about sometimes of like, this is... You know how uh, how history leaves these. Uh, you know, obviously affects the media that we produce, and so every, all all pieces of media are effectively time capsules of the time in which they were made. So mm. you know, even if they don't directly acknowledge it. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else have I got? Oh, so I played a game. Not got much to say about it, but we played a VR game. But yeah, it's a multiplayer VR game. But only one of you is in the VR. Have I mentioned it before? It's called Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. Yes, I'm familiar oh, with it. It is. Yeah, we've played it. So well, we got our VR in middle of lockdowns and, and COVID and, and stuff, not to want to dwell on that with multiple topics. But so we, it's a game where one of you where, no, well, it's on PC and I'm, I don't know about consoles, but it's on PC at least as well. Mm. Um, and usually it's like one of you on, on your laptop or on a desktop with the screen angled away has to diffuse a bomb but you don't know how, and then everyone else playing can't see your screens or can't see the bomb, but they've got the bomb diffusal manual with, mm. like... And it's just basically a load of puzzles you need to do, like, which wire do you cut, which button do you press, all this sort of stuff. So you, as the player, you have to read, like, say out what you can see as if you're talking on the phone or whatever with a bomb diffusal expert, and they talk you through how to do it, and there's, like, time yeah, limits yeah. and other shit, like, flying at you and stuff. It's We've played it in a big group before on a, on a, on a, on a PC, and it was really good fun. And then I saw it came out on the um, Quest. I was like, oh, we're going to have to get this. But it would only been me and Ruth, like two of us. It's not what it, the whole point is like, if there's two of you, you can kind of just go through logically and get it done. But the fun thing is, is when you get lots of people involved, they've all got their like instructions from their puzzle and they're all having to like shout over each other because you've got a time limit. 
I, mean, I guess you, you sort of played the ideal version of it first. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, we've not had a chance to do that much. But, you know, with things opening up a bit more and whatnot, we had some friends around a little while ago and we had and we had a play with, like, four of us. Oh, and it's, mm. re- it's really good. Like, just being involved, like, the last time we played it was, it was years ago when we played it before. And doing it on a PC in a room, it's like, yeah, okay, fine, but you're just sat in the room and you can see them. But when you're doing it in VR, like, suddenly... You can't see the people shouting at you, so you can't like see where it's coming from or anything. And it does put you in that whole like you are in a separate room with this bomb that's about to explode. Yeah, and it makes it like yeah. the like slight extra immersion just makes it so much more intense. <laughs> yeah, it's a really fun one. Um, and the yeah, puzzles like cool. none of them are that particularly complicated, but some of they like take time. A lot of them. And you're very aware there's like a ticking clock there. And then as you start progressing through levels, there's like more and more puzzles. And then there's like alarm clocks. So you have to like press snooze on occasionally. And it doesn't do anything if it's going off. It's just a really annoying beep. So you can't hear anyone. Mm. And there's levels where like the lights go out and you're in the dark for a bit. And they various like annoyances happen um, to like all try and distract you. And then you've got this ticking clock. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun one. And it's in a bit of a niche in that, it, yeah, it's a VR game, but it's a multiplayer one. Because like, usually if you've got mates around or whatever, like, great, sit on a console or sit on a thing and play a game together, split screen or watch a film together. And you could do all these things. But yeah. VR, beyond the sort of, hey guys, we've like bought a VR. Have you ever tried it? No. Okay, let's watch you play the like, you know, the the demo for it or whatever. And we <laughs> you can have fun doing something you've not done before and we can have fun watching you like, cock about like yeah, that's very really but, a uh, collaborative experience yeah but it, so. yeah that lasts for like you know not long and then you're like well we can't really play this together because then you've got everyone else in the room sat there just not doing anything but this is like a vr game that you can play together which mm. is yeah really fun um and the closest i've had to that is that i have played um of actually playing a vr game with people is that i i did play some of um star wars squadron because um, you can play that in VR. Mm, okay. And yeah. you can play that multiplayer. So, yeah. Yeah, um, okay. I mean, fundamentally, it just means that you can look around your cockpit, but it is... Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. Man, I, I, re- I really, really I, good I still, Yeah, I really want to try it out. I've just not had time. Mm. Um, ah, so that tangent on to my penultimate point about not mm. having time and not... So, like I said earlier, I've not turned my desktop on since the last podcast recording. And yes. I just, I just haven't... I, yeah, I've just not had the time and it's mildly frustrating because I want to play more games. And I think I do have the time. It's just going upstairs and sitting in a room, room by myself for the evening. I just haven't quite got the willingness to do that. I know we don't yeah, really the trick talk is, about... Oh, sorry, go. The trick is, is to have a small flat and mm. so you have to have your computer in the same, in your living room. Um, so then whenever you're on it, you're always, um, your partner's always there. Uh, that's the, that's the yeah, trick. Yeah, that would do it. And the <laughs> downside of that is that we could do that, but then all of the cables would be unplugged all of the time, probably. Because yes. some little wandering one would, would run around and find it funny to press buttons. Um, yes. It's a slight, slight limiting factor on that one, unfortunately. Um, oh, how, how dare you spoil my perfect plan with such things as realis- realism and logistics <laughs> and child yeah. safety. But. Nanny state. <laughs> so I know we don't normally talk about like tech news or whatever, because that's not mm. what people come here for. But have you seen, many, seen anything about the Steam Deck? No. Have you been following? No, I have not. It looks interesting. So it's a handheld PC that Steam have released. Or, well, mm. 
it's releasing around now and so many people order it that like back orders are like yeah. you know going on shit is that, is that only just coming out yeah. like i remember that being like people it being mentioned ages ago yeah so it's yeah. releasing around i think like review all the reviews and things that the, the hardware reviews came out like a few weeks ago as of recording um yeah. the physical review the physical units went out to reviewers like around then but like they've just had the embargo lifted might not be today, but it's like around now-ish, and people yeah. are starting to get there. Apparently, Gabe Newell like hand delivered some of the first units around like <laughs> Seattle, where he's from, just because he's like, yeah, whatever, photo ops or whatever. And he does look <laughs> like Santa these days. So. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's, yeah, it's around now. I mean, like you know, if you there's like a there's, you've got to get on a waiting list to pre-order it, sort of thing. So not if you ordered one now, I don't think you get it anytime soon. But in theory, they are out. Hmm. And it does look quite interesting. So it's like a, it's, a not, it's not, you know, the first of its kind or whatever, but it's a handheld PC with like, it looks like the Switch, but a bit bigger. So it's like a screen yeah. in the middle, a controller attached on it. There's like joysticks, but there's also touch pads, like basically similar to the, did you ever see the Steam controller, which had yeah, instead of yeah. D-pads and buttons, it had like touch pad haptic things. There's like little versions of that on it. So you can play mouse and keyboard games like using hmm. a mouse. Not I feel as good like as a mouse, obviously, but better than a joystick. I feel like it um, says something about me that when uh, that kind of conf- the basic configuration of a uh, handheld system is described, that's like that. My instant point of comparison is the Sega Game Gear. Yeah, um, yeah. See, I went to Switch because you know I'm not old. Mm. <laughs> I'm like you're not that younger, much than, younger you. than I am. <laughs> if that, yeah, <laughs> yes, but you won't forget it. This is true. I will always be older than you. This no. is true. <laughs> no, I only I had game I had um, Game Boys going up, not none of your fancy mm. Segas. I also couldn't had afford, a Game Boy. Couldn't but, the battery. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you see, the thing is, is that my uh, my parents were divorced, so I got I had one in one, <laughs> one place and each. one in yeah, the other. Yeah, okay. So you know. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks really interesting because like there's been it's not the first of its kind. There's been handheld PCs before, various, but they've always been quite niche in that there's not many of them and therefore they're expensive. And also they're either having to like get like compatibility of games and things. Mm. It's always a little bit tricky in getting, you know, it's small thing. There's no, you've only got to have like a little low power processor, not a dedicated graphics card. Yeah. Like you're not, you're only going to use it for like emulation or retro games or whatever. But hard, like hardware is getting to the point now where like mobile like cpus with like onboard graphics are getting to the point where you can like actually run not on like not because a lot of the modern graphics cards like new graphics cards that no one can possibly buy because they're all out of stock everywhere but Mm. they're like all designed to run like 1440p or 4k games Mm. but like when you've got a little 800 by whatever it is resolution seven inch screen actually you don't need quite as ridiculously powerful graphics cards anymore so like smaller onboard graphics can run a lot of modern games hmm. so it is an interesting thing and it's 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 linux not windows but that means that steam have spent the last however many years since he announced it like going through and they promised to have all of the steam library compatible by the time it came out they've that has not happened at all <laughs> but I mean There's, that is that is one of those promises where you go, hmm, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, but like a lot of games are, and the ones that aren't native for Linux, they've come up with like some compatibility layer so you can play a lot of games. And there's these are limited. Not all games work by any means, but they're like put. They really want this to succeed, and they're spending a lot of time making it so it will. And then also the fact that I mean, 
some of the some of its competitors, like Windows based little computers, they're all like a grand or fifteen hundred quid or dollars or whatever. They're all like mega expensive. Whereas the intro Steam Deck is three hundred and fifty quid, like four hundred dollars. Yeah, so no, like, that's yeah. yeah, that's not <laughs> yeah, that's not bad at it's all. It's not pocket change. It's not something you just buy on a whim for you know most people. But it's like achievable. Well, when you compare how much it costs to to put together even a a a, a, ba- a barely acceptable gaming yeah, PC right. is going to cost then, you a lot more. Than yeah, that. exactly. And then you know, the advantage of a gaming PC, you've got your Steam library, so you have to spend money on games. Because my example was Switch. That's like what two hundred and fifty quid. Mm. But then the games are all, if you want Nintendo, like the first party, you know, Pokemon, Mario's things, they're all like 60 quid. Whereas this is the same price as like a, you know, it's not quite as cheap as a Switch, but like it's that sort of, it's closer to Switch than gaming PC. But then it's your Steam library, so you already own all the games for it. So it's like, huh, this is interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, there are so definitely yeah. some games that I've got in the Steam library that I'm like, I don't really care about this to play it when I'm sitting down at the PC, but if this was something that I would play on a handheld device, I'd probably mm. get more out of this. Yeah. And the other interesting thing about it is it is a PC. It's a Linux PC. It's not Windows, so it has some potentially some limitations there, although you can just put Windows on it at some point. Not at the moment. The hardware drivers aren't like finished, so it's all a bit weird, but the point, eventually, you'll be able to just install Windows on it if you want. And... You can, even with Linux, you, it's just a PC. So you can just go to the desktop. You, it's got a USB-C port on it. You put a dock on there with a HDMI cable and a keyboard and mouse. It's, it's, just, a, it's just a PC. Hmm. Like, yeah. So I'm vaguely interested because I reckon, because I, I don't know, um, what I'm thinking, I could, given, you know, graphics card shortages and things, I reckon I could potentially flog my gaming PC, despite it being, I don't even know how many old now. I mean, the, the p- processor is a fourth-gen Intel. I can't remember which one it is. Mm-hmm. iCore i5, 46, 50, uh, who knows, 40-something. The last time um, I understood PC <laughs> components, um, Tony Blair was still Prime Minister. Um, so, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, the point is, it's a fourth-generation Intel processor, and they're now up to 12th generation. So it's that old, with a 9, 8, 970 in it, which is... I mean, now they're up to 30, they're 9, yeah. 10, 20, 30. So, the, so it's not modern, but I reckon I could probably sell my gaming PC for more than the cost of a Steam Deck. Given, Possibly. you know, new graphics cards at the moment go for two or three times their RRP. So I don't know, I'm, I'm tempted to Was try this and all do just, a, just a big way for you to build this up so that you are attempting to use this platform to flog your, your PC? <laughs> no, but that's a really Link good idea. Below anyway. will be an eBay page. <laughs> no, no, I know that. I genuinely didn't cross my mind, and yet now. <laughs> Drummer's independent trading here. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, yeah. Um, no, I just wanted to 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 know if you'd if you'd heard of this and if you'd had any thoughts and like it is very limiting. Like it doesn't play all games and like the experience is not as good as a desktop. But like the fact that I just haven't played a game on my desktop for two years, like oh maybe it is something that's worth. Oh I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean the thing is like um, it, it recently I've been kind of going through a thing of of not as extreme as getting rid of a PC because. Um, my job kind of relies on it um but uh you know of looking at things that we've got uh because as i mentioned earlier we have a small flat and being like 
have I done anything with this in the last mm. few years? And if so, if not, do I really want this anymore? I got rid of yeah. a bunch of DVDs yeah. and games and stuff just because I'm like, ah, I haven't, I literally haven't thought about this movie in like five years. Why do I bother owning a DVD of it if I'm mm. probably never going to watch it again? Yeah, like, and if you and if yeah. you really want to watch it, it's probably on one of the streaming slash the internet. <laughs> The hardest one for me is that I've been having the same thing with my CD collection because I've literally mm. not listened to any of them in like seven years because yeah. it's so easy to access music online. And on the one hand, um, of having physical copies of this stuff is good because it means it's yours, you have it. Um, it's not part of this the weird era yeah, of capitalism you... we've entered where you don't <laughs> really own anything. No, you, pay, um, you, you have the rights to listen to it for now while we allow you and while you're still paying. Yeah, but yeah. um, but also it takes up a lot of room, and I'm just not listening to them. I mean, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll keep stuff that has sentimental value or yeah, is yeah. rare and like That's... you can't get anymore. But like, yeah. I can probably get rid of like that that CD, that old ACDC CD. I think I'm probably going to be able to find ACDC for the rest of yeah, human existence. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I did that recently. Most of, well, not even recently, a little while ago, I got rid of most CD. The only ones I kept, I've got a couple of like signed ones that I kept, mm. and a couple of most of our CDs. I've got a hard copy of all of our CDs. Yeah, and that's basically it. Yeah, there's just like a couple of sentimental ones, and even those, like, I haven't thought about them for years. They're just on a shelf somewhere until this conversation. So don't really know, don't <laughs> yeah. really know why I've kept those. Um, but yeah, it's it's a hard one to. Something I got rid of a little while ago, when we were like, I think probably when we were moving over to France and we were like, oh, basically we had to fit all of our belongings into one van. And we were like, we had quite, that was quite a sort of, okay, we have to like get rid of stuff or sell stuff or give away stuff that we don't want because we could have paid for storage for, you know, three years. But like, if it wasn't important enough to take with us, like, was it important enough to keep? But that was quite a good sort of incentive to do that. But one of the things I got rid of, I had like a, a, a wallet thing that had ticket stubs and wristbands from like basically every gig I've been to. Mm. And I was like, I really like the fact that I have this, but it's just something that it's in the attic or in my parents' attic or in the drawer somewhere. I don't think about it or acknowledge it or look at it or anything until the next time I move house and then it just goes to the next house into the bottom <laughs> of the drawer. Like, why am I doing this? Yeah. And it, But that took a long time to sort of accept that there. Now they're gone, I'm like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe in the future I'll reg- I'll, I might regret it and it could be something that was cool to have, but, like, I've still got... And it might prompt memories and things, but also, it is, like... It I is difficult to separate yeah. um, the things that you are keeping because they have genuine sentimental value or the things you're just keeping for the sake of it. Mm. Yeah, and, so like, ultimately, if that, something brings... If something brings you joy, keep it, you know, like... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially, like, by the way, if anyone is listening to this and they are uh, a teenager and they're a young enough teenager that they have not yet, not yet gotten rid of their toys, keep them. You will regret <laughs> it when you're, like, 23 and you go, damn, I wish I'd have kept that Megazord. You will. <laughs> trust me on this. Are toys that kids would have now as good as the toys that we had when we were kids? <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I'm really, um, I'm really uh, qualified to speak of is Transformers, and uh, modern Transformers are actually great. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm well aware that our toys were shit. <laughs> all of them. The, I, I, I genuinely. Okay, think Trace, our, Tracy Island was great. Yeah, Tracy Island was great, and and the, the Power Rangers toys uh, were really good. Hmm. I've still got um, Serpent Terror. 
Um, that's the one that, for some reason, I still have, um, which is Lord Zed's giant um, dragon thing. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I don't have any of the other ones, which is a pity. But they're really solid. Like you could beat, mm. you, you, like you, you could, you could beat a home intruder <laughs> to death with that thing. You know. Um. Yeah. How did we get here from Steam Deck? Anyway, but if anyone want, if anyone happens to have one by the time this comes out or has any thoughts, chuck them in the comments or an email, because I'd be intrigued to see what people think. Because, like, you know, you can watch reviews all day on YouTube, but, like, I don't know. I'm just intrigued as to people's real opinions on it, because I'm yeah. genuinely tempted. And it, it would be like admitting defeat, like, selling the game on PC. would <laughs> be like, you know what? Because I'm always in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll come back to that at some point. But I feel like by the time I come back to it, like, it's going to be so out of date, it will be, A, worthless, or, like, you know, negligible money. I won't be able to afford to buy a Steam Deck with it, potentially. Yeah. And, like, it would probably not be able to run modern games that great by then anyway. So I might, if I did finally get back into PC gaming, I'd probably want to get a newer one anyway, or upgrade or whatever. So I'm like, well, yeah. maybe, that's what's, maybe it is the best idea. I don't know. Anyway, if anyone's got any thoughts. Solic- yeah, soliciting advice. Yeah, um, that's, that was more my point rather than. Yeah. Also, if anyone wants to buy a gaming PC <laughs> and is currently stuck with the graphics card shortage and chip shortage and all that sort of stuff, this can still play. Most modern games at 1080 at nearly the highest settings, last I checked, which may or may not have been a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that wasn't the point. Right, very last thing I've got to talk about. Okay. We've been watching The Mandalorian. Okay. My overall thoughts, just as a heads up, mm. is that it is fine, I guess. Okay. I think that's about as positive as I can get about it so far. Okay. Um, so yeah, I was <laughs> slightly worrying about men mentioning that to Snipe because I feel like she might disown me. It's, um, it's, I mean, all I'll say <laughs> is that I'll, we'll keep, this will be kept between the two of us so that, um, <laughs> Snipe doesn't exercise, um, like her, her power and just <laughs> kick you off the podcast forever. Yeah. Which I think would be a, you know, no, no knowing her opinions would probably be reasonable. No, it's, <laughs> it is fine. I, the first series was okay this okay i have a more controversial opinion or at least more controversial to snipe okay so it, we started off and we were like oh maybe whatever and watch the end and it was fine by the end and we quite enjoyed it but mm. like the best bits and the bits we enjoyed most were all of the bits where the main mandalorian bloke wasn't in it <laughs> because okay. he's just really boring like i it's down to the whole can't take his hat off so it could just be anyone under there. But, like, mm. it was somehow not... We didn't find it, like, that mysterious or interesting. We were just like, he's just like, there's no acting coming through. So he's just like a blank box that doesn't do much. And occasionally there's a couple of cool scenes where he could do, like, cool fighty stuff. But a lot of the time he's just been a bit crap. <laughs> and a bit boring. I don't know, like... Okay. Yeah, like it's got a bit more interesting now. He's sort of slowly starting to see a little bit more of his personality, but in this, like, this, I think in the second series, which we've not finished yet, so we and we are going to, we are, it is still, you know, we're enjoying it enough to keep going with it. But yeah, it's just, I don't know, we're just not, we we're not yeah. like I've watched Star Wars as others, but we're not <laughs> like, you know, watching it and being like, yeah, the nostalgia factor is less. Because like I mean, not... like I, I, I will admit, like um, 
because like uh you know i've i've you know watched through book of boba fett um mm. recently and um though it, it, i like I, it has a lot of flaws uh, I'll, pr- I'll probably talk talk about this in my bit actually i might as well yeah. talk about it now it makes sense to talk about it now yeah book of boba fett's um pretty good um but it is a quite flawed series um and it's that thing where like you know uh, people say what they think is wrong with it and um I agree with a lot of the complaints. The people who are just complaining that, um, you know, oh, the bike, that one bike is red and that one is blue. Um, that's, uh, please, please <laughs> go outside. Um, but, uh, but like, um, ultimately, I, I just like Star Wars and I'm not 100% um, objective about this stuff. Yeah, which, um, I mean, Star- is, is, is fair. Yeah. Star Wars just makes me happy. That world um, is somewhere where I, I really enjoy, like, stories being told in, and even when it is flawed, um, I still I still feel a little bit like a little kid watching Return of the Jedi on a VHS that was taped off terrestrial TV. <laughs> um and so, yeah, I, I can't, I can't, like, separate that entirely. And nor do I try to. Um, no, no, absolutely. No. And you, and you are, you are totally entitled to your own opinion, no matter yeah, how wrong and, it may be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just, I'm just a bit disappointed after all, like hearing all the good things and being like, I mean, to be, to be fair, if you, the, you've probably heard the most of it from Snipe, and you are not I mean, getting, uh, <laughs> it, like a quarter, oh. like if you are ge- going from how much she loves it, um, you are not getting a. Uh, a fair depiction of a, a work of media because <laughs> it's going to be picked <laughs> up in your mind to be amazing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I was aware of that going into it. But I wasn't going mm. into it thinking it would be the you know the greatest thing ever. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. There is there is good bit. Our favorite bit is uh, the, the bit that so that the um, heist episode we really enjoyed. So that was the first mm. episode. We were like, I can't remember where that it was like fourth episode or it was hmm. early-ish but not near the start yeah where he's like breaks people out of out of a space prison yeah um that was a really good episode actually and we enjoyed that one and we we're like okay this is this is because we're getting to the point where we're like shall we bother having on and that one happened we're like okay cool this is <laughs> there is good bits it's great we'll, we'll keep watching um i think our favorite scene is the one with the um two stormtrooper biker blokes Chatting. Yeah, that is amazing. Yes. Like just watching that, we're just like, yeah, this is see another scene without the Mandalorian in is, <laughs> is the best, the best bit. And then we're like, oh, Taika Waititi directed this episode. That's why it's brilliant. <laughs> Great. Okay. Well, that 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 that's not us venturing far outside our comfort zone, to be honest. But fine, <laughs> we we still really enjoyed it. That was that that was that was glorious. I really enjoyed that. And then the Mandalorian turns up and is a bit boring for a bit. <laughs> I was like, no, I want to watch those guys be interesting again. I like it would have got old and obviously you couldn't have a whole episode of that but yeah he's fine he's just I just I just wish he had chance to act a bit more I I kind of just don't believe I think I feel like the most of the first series is like I don't even know how much like what's his name Pedro Pascal's even in it um uh like, there there are you if you if you are looking carefully you can often tell when it's him and when it's a stunt double okay um, but I just kind of didn't believe it was him ever, really, because mm. it's like he doesn't have chance to shine through just because the nature of the role and the nature of the, you know, whatever his name I've forgotten his actual name, but the Mandalorian, yeah, uh, Din. Um, that's the one, yeah, mm. 
Yeah, and just the nature of it, of his character and the nature of the costume and the, the helmet and whatnot. He just didn't have chance to shine through properly. I, I don't know. Yeah, it was just... Yeah. It's fine. We'll keep watching it. But I'm glad I'm not paying for Disney Plus for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, you Again, yeah, you are fully entitled to your opinion, but I, I will, I will I, mention that I'm sitting here at our desk and there are <laughs> three... Three separate um, things that are Mandalorian-related uh, on the desk right now. Yeah, and like I'm not uh, saying oh, no, sorry, four because like, there's a little okay. bobblehead over there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not by any means saying that that you're wrong or anyone else who enjoys it is wrong. It's just it just didn't. It's just not. Quite yeah, if it doesn't gel with you, it doesn't gel with but, you. Like it's fine. It's enjoyable. We'll, we'll keep watching it. Yeah, but. Yeah, I would be intrigued to see how you would feel about Book of Boba Fett afterwards because it is. Okay, uh, how can I put this? Uh, there are parts of it that are... There's one particular part of it that is very much like the Mandalorian. Well, so yeah, Boba Fett is a Mandalorian. Yes. And is a bounty hunter. Yes. Is it the same series, basically? How is it different? Well, um... You know how in fiction sometimes uh, there's um, more than one character in something? And... Mm-hmm. Um, one of those and those two characters are different people. Um, yeah, uh, the main characters are different people. Um, that's that's why got, they I, are different I, shows. I, yeah, okay, no, yeah, okay, right, okay. Well, fuck me for asking a question. I guess. <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 but, no, uh, no, no. I, I, I understand. Very, very fair, um, but you, you get what I'm doing. I'm like getting at, right? Yeah, um, they are very, very similar series in uh, a lot of respects. Um, and especially for, like, one episode. Well, actually, not like two episodes where they're very, very similar. <laughs> um, but uh, it's, it's just telling the story of base... It, it, like, goes through the story of Boba Fett and what has been happening to him since he got um, punked into the Sarlacc. Uh, in Return of the Jedi, basically. Yeah, And okay. uh, ca- catching you up with where he was and what happened and what he's doing now. Um, I mean, I don't know how much... One of the things is, is that because I've um, watched all of the series of Star Wars, like the various animated series, um, well, okay, except I haven't watched Droids and Ewoks. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think I did watch them as a kid. But I, I am going to watch them at some point, yeah. But I've watched like, all the modern canon um, yeah. stories, and like, uh, there's lots of characters and concepts that show up there um, that are, are fun for me for seeing them in live action uh, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, again, yeah. it's that stuff of like when I watch these, I can't really be fully objective about them. Um, but they are they are different shows, and they do have different strengths and weaknesses. Uh, I do I don't think Book of Boba Fett is as good as The Mandalorian. But it also has a lot of fun with things. Um, and I, I will be intrigued to see how you enjoy it. Hmm. Well, if we get through The Mandalorian before our free trial of Disney Plus or whatever, <laughs> I think we've got three months and we're a month and a bit in. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> it's only like eight episodes. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. But yeah, that's that's me and my controversial opinions out of the way. <laughs> okay. Back me up, yeah. anyone, if you've got a similar opinion. It's a safe space we can speak out here. Yeah, no, everyone, like, you know, <laughs> um, people are allowed to have Star Wars opinions and you're allowed to have controversial ones. Um, 
Although I won't, I won't lie, I, I won't lie on the internet. Um, I think, it, to be perfectly honest, I think um, though we have just broken that rule, it's the the internet would probably be better if for like a year everyone just agreed to not post their Star Wars opinions. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think we would, as a society, have a small chance of healing slightly. Yes, but in the sort of purge-esque week before that rule comes in, everyone getting their thoughts off their chest before they're not allowed to do it again. Not sure that would be worth it for the year off. Uh, you know what? I'd probably just go and live in a wood for a week while that was yeah, happening. Okay. I'd, yeah, I'll, just, I'll just put a bindle on my shoulder and just wander into Mark Eaton Park <laughs> and I'll just go live <laughs> live with the squirrels for a week. I mean, that sounds lovely. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's that that's that's me and my shit out of the way. Okay. Wib, okay. What have you been up to? Well, aside, aside unless, do you have more thoughts on on the book of Eli? No, what's it called? <laughs> book, book of Boba Fett. But, but yeah, that one. Uh, not without giving big spoilers, and I, and I, it's not been out that long, and I don't really want to. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. I don't really want to give it. Although, uh, how can I how I put this? Um, it was very bold of them to make the best episode of the show. Um, be um not about the book of boba fett uh that was wild um <laughs> but yeah uh, so um so you know what I'll, you, you, you know what uh, let, let's talk about some things that are not related to the thing you're going to expect me to talk about um okay. so uh last series of the expanse um oh, yeah. came out and i watched that um yeah i enjoyed it it was it's um because it's not it doesn't end where the books end and they basically left a lot of things open because only one section of the story really completes and the wider narrative of of the big picture hasn't completed and i think my, the impression i got is they were like yeah we're going to wrap this up now um and maybe later on we might get you know funding to actually tell the rest of the story but we'll go, we'll wrap it up as best as we can now um and yeah I, I enjoyed it um it is it does kind of wrap up a bit quick and a bit sharpish it does feel like it could have probably done with a few more episodes um but i, I still enjoyed it uh i i really I, I got recommended the expanse loads before i watched it and i will say it does start off a little slow and um, the sort of main character of the show does take a few seasons before you kind of warm up to him. Uh, I think it took a while before they really found his character, honestly. Mm, okay. Um, but it is genuinely really good. Um, yeah, I can definitely recommend The Expanse to anyone who likes sci-fi. Um, yeah, good. Can't really say much without really giving spoilers, but yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um Actually, because we're speaking about music and albums earlier, uh, one thing I've actually been doing is, um, because people have probably noticed that, like, each year I I tend to have something that I will, like, categorize online. Like, uh, I've done it with, like, reading books um, to get me to read more books with models for painting, well, painting models. I obviously did that for, like, three years on my, my side channel. Um, and this year I'm trying to listen to more music again, um, because I've found myself really getting, um, stuck in a rut 
of just watching the same, oh, listening to the same stuff that I've been listening to for the last decade. Yeah. Um, because it's so easy to I mean, fall into. Absolutely, that. absolutely. Yeah, and I'm guilty of the same uh, thing a lot of the time. So uh, what I did was I've been ca- I've been like um, sort of keeping track, and I- I'm trying to like my initial goal is to try and listen to like the equivalent of one album I've never listened to a week okay. for, for the whole of this year. Okay, how, how's um, it going? Uh, well, uh, what have I listened to so far? Uh, I have listened. I have, to... I have been. I, I asked the question, but I'm quite aware of how it's going because I'm quite. I'm following the Twitter thread with interest. <laughs> but oh, but oh, for, the, for 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 the sake of appearances and podcasts, how's that been going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have listened to 16 new albums, um, many from bands I've never listened to before, uh, and some from bands I'm already familiar with. Um, and yeah, uh, it's been really, it's been really interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of low key hoping to be able to listen to like a hundred by the end of the year. I think mm. that'd be a really nice thing because I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah you, okay. I, I don't know how everyone else feels, but generally when I've spoken to people, it seems to be a common thing of that as you get older, you, you get kind of set in your ways with like the bands you like and so it becomes oh, none harder of this new to... music is good anymore back in my day yeah well, so i'm like yeah absolutely yeah try and like i'm not i'm not just listening to brand new music although i have listened to a lot um um but yeah um i'm trying to listen to genre genres i would not necessarily listen to like i am listening to like my usual scar and punk and stuff yeah, um, yeah of course but I'm trying to like you know. Well, you, you don't want to go side. like move away, exact completely away from stuff you like, otherwise it just gets a bit weird. Yeah, if I like. just sat down and listened to nothing but gangster rap, then I would probably um, end up not liking that because I'm forcing myself to just listen to only one genre that I'm not familiar with. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm fairly sure like Dre and Eminem type gangster rap has the same nostalgia pull to me that Star Wars does to you, possibly. <laughs> like, I was quite into that as like a young teenager. Yeah. It's, like, it's not something I. It's awful, but you know, <laughs> yeah, they have a weird nostalgia thing for it. And someone, can... someone somewhere has just got really mad that you called Eminem a gangster rapper. Well, he, he, he thinks he is. That counts, right? <laughs> I don't know. Not a genre yeah, I'm familiar I, with. Yeah, I ain't no, going to say me, anything. Me neither, really. I just listen to what the other kids at school yeah. are listening to. But. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, I, I just thought I'd mention a couple of the albums that I listened to that I uh, yeah. I, th- yeah, I quite yeah. liked uh, and I thought were interesting. Um, so I listened to an album called Plant Gazer by a band called Show Me a Dinosaur. I, I mean, uh, um, strong band name. I list. I literally. I found them. And I listened to them solely because of the name. I didn't know anything about them, and I dis- <laughs> nice. and I discovered an entirely new genre that I was not aware existed, which is black gaze. Uh, which is what happens when a shoegaze band gets heavier and heavier until they become functionally a black metal band. Huh. Um, and a, a characterization of it is that the vocals tend to be mixed really low down, so they effectively, like the growls and screams, become more a part of the instrumentation rather than a separate piece as it usually is mixed in music. Huh. Um, interesting. It really interesting. It's not my thing, but yeah, it's a very surreal. It's like all about these big, heavy soundscapes. Um, so yeah, that was interesting. Uh, I listened to, uh, Onwards and Upwards by Culture Shock, who were a ska punk band from before third wave ska happened. Um, uh, you might know some people from it because they're in, um, uh, was it Subhumans? But also they were in Citizen Fish, which is where I know them okay, from. Okay, yeah. Uh, and it's very similar to that. It's like, you know, mi- mixing like old school British punk with like Scar. Um, yeah, and yeah, yeah, Culture Shock is the band name. It's from 1988. 
um yeah that was that was really interesting to listen to because it's like you know the stuff that i'm familiar with but like an earlier iteration uh, I also listened to, uh, did you know that Limp Biscuit released an album last year? Um, yes, but only via your Twitter. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the last, the, the album that I think of as the new Limp Biscuit album is either the album called or the album with Gold Cobra on. Yeah. Which would yeah. have been. That's like 2010. Yeah, I'm going to start with 20 something because I'm confident of that much. Um, 20. No, it was a bit. I'm going to go 2012? with... 2012? 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Yeah, around 2012, I reckon. I mean, if only I was sitting at a computer um, <laughs> and could just tell you um, what year it was released. Uh, the answer is 2011. Okay, well, we were about that. Yeah, that's the album that I consider the new Limbus album. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah, uh, yeah, that was, I actually, actually, like, there's a couple of songs that fit, that are just like Limp Biscuit, but with a bit of more of a modern feeling to it. And the ones that really lean into just sounding like the bombastic Limp Biscuit that made shit like rolling, you know, mm-hmm. those are quite fun. It yeah, makes me feel absolutely. 15 again. Yeah, yeah. I can't help it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of it's quite forgettable, but there's a couple of moments where it it, it kind of shines for the goofy fun that like new metal had, and that's quite fun. Yeah, new metal's great. Uh, I also listened to Biffy Clyro's album from last year that I oh, yeah. didn't realise yeah, yeah, they yeah. released. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I've I've listened to a few. Like I was massively into them from not not before they were cool. I got into them when at Puzzle, which is when they got mm. massive. Yeah. Um, and I was really into I know, because they were playing in your car to every gig we went to yeah, for pretty, about for, four years. Yeah, pretty much. And they're great. And I, I say that as a positive, because they're good. Yeah. But yeah, I've been getting a slightly less interested as time goes on with the newer stuff. I just think, I just, mm. yeah, I, I prefer the, like, early stuff, which is such a cliche thing to say. But <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah. But yeah, I, I was really keen on listening to the new album. I've listened to it a few times in the car and just haven't quite got into it. And then forgot about it honestly um yeah um they're really no, cool no, simon neil is is a, have a massive crush on simon neil gotta be honest <laughs> um so i'm i'm biased towards their music for that part <laughs> as well. but yeah i just yeah, never I've, I've listened to it a, few, a couple of times but i haven't quite got into the album yet no i i understand that it is uh you know i, I there is that sort of thing where they started off a little bit um What's the word? It's heavy is the wrong word, but like um, noisy, you, noisy, noisy yeah, is different. Noisy is different to heavy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and they've they've become much more poppy over yeah. time. And um, don't get me wrong; like some of their big cheesy pop songs are great. And I'm not saying yeah. that they shouldn't have done that. And obviously, it's working well for them, and they've managed to. And make the pop it into a melodies are the pop melodies are one of the things that make them interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like how they'll go from like, oh, this song's in seven four, but it's got like a really poppy hook. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it's really cool. Um, um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. But yeah, I, I understand that. And that, I also listened to uh, an album called The Gereg by The Who, not The Who as in Baba O'Reilly, The Who, or oh, won't get fooled again, Who, um, as in The Who, the the Mongolian rock band that made the song that's at the start of Jedi Fallen Order. Um, so it's got like Mongolian throat singing and stuff. Excellent. Um, yeah, that's a really, really interesting uh, mm. album to listen to. I, I mean, they apparently they've done some covers of like Metallica songs and stuff that are apparently quite fun. So yeah. they're on okay. my list. But um, 
yeah, I've listened to a bunch of other stuff. Like, yeah, if you yeah, want yeah. to l- see this, I'm updating it on Twitter every time I listen to something new. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just thought I'd mention that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, we don't talk about music very often, and it is a, you know, a big thing in all of our lives. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Piggybacking yeah. off that then, um, a band that I've got into since the last podcast, and now I am very excited for their new album, is a band that Snipe might have got you into. Uh, have you been listening mm-hmm. to much Wet Leg? <laughs> Wet Leg are the best. <laughs> They're I so heard good. that when they only had like the two songs out, yeah. you did play us one of them. Ah, uh, yes. And they, they now uh, the have one like... about bothering your mother. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, um, that one they now was very, have that one's very good. Five or six songs out in various. There's like a few singles, and they've also done a couple of like you know, filmed gigs, whatever you know. Yeah. Well, I'm struggling to think of the word. You know, where they play a, a gig for, for a TV station or a YouTube channel or whatever, and. They're up on YouTube. So there's like six or seven songs. A Their session. album session. There we go. Sure. Their album is out in April, and it's the most excited I've been <laughs> for a new album in a very long time. I'm like so genuinely excited for this album mm. to come out because it's gonna be great. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Wet leg. Check them out. They're hilarious and great and interesting. Like it's mm. different, and it's really nice to be really into like a new band. But like oh, not yeah, not, yeah, a new, right. not a new yeah. band for me, but like new, a new band for everyone. Like they 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 got together. They've both been doing music for ages. Apparently, I've been reading interviews with them and things because I'm getting really into them. Um, but they just got together there as like during COVID stuff. They hadn't really gigged that much or done much. They're, they're from the Isle of Wight, where there just isn't a music venue. Apparently. Just... I, having been to the Isle of Wight a lot as a kid, there's a lot of things that aren't on the Isle of Wight. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and then like they just got absolutely massive and no time at all you know relatively speaking absolutely yeah. massive in like no time at all and they they did like a, they were doing like a uk tour and they had to pull out halfway through because they like all lost their voices and were just knackered because they'd never oh shit done a tour before let alone like a massive tour in biggish venues so they just yeah i know was... if, if 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 we suddenly like something happened <laughs> right. and, and our band became big and we had to tour we'd all like, yeah. give up on day we, three we... we'd go i want to go home and have a cup of tea fuck yeah, off like, we did like a three-day tour we did like a friday saturday sunday and like Derby, Leicester, and Nottingham that one time, and we were all broken for a long time afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> which is basically what seemed to happen to them, apparently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were they were a bit playing. The, the gig that they pulled out of was in Bristol, but we couldn't have gone because we were busy anyway. So it was sort of like, okay, we're less sad that we can miss. We're missing it now because it's not happening. But we'd rather it happened and more people saw them because they're great. Everyone check out Wet Leg and all the bands <laughs> that Wib said. But more importantly, <laughs> and I know Sniper backed me up on that one, so. Yes. yes. We, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, that musical interlude aside, um, played a couple of games. Ah, uh, yes. Um, I got really obsessed with playing Dirt 4. Um, okay. One of the many games in that started off as the Colin McRae Rally series. And yeah, it was now... One of the, the uh, first Dirt was like the PS3 launch title or something. Was that possibly? Dirt? Possibly... Because it was Colin McRae Rally Dirt was the first Dirt yeah, game. And then, now there's like... Yeah, okay. There's, there's like Dirt Rally and Dirt are two separate series now. One's <laughs> more simulatory, one's more arcadey. Okay, I played well, the, that makes um, sense. Yeah, I, uh, Dirt, uh, apparently, like Dirt 5 is the latest one, but I was just in the mood to actually play a racing game because that used to be my thing. Like, yeah, okay. PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 yeah, era. Colin McRae Rally of, was great. Yeah, all my favourite games were the were like racing games. Um, Tucker Touring Cars. Was it Tucker Touring Cars? 
Yeah, Something I didn't like really that. get into the first one, but I got really into Tocker 2. Yeah, I've no idea what Tocker means. I just, I said it out loud. I was like, that's not a word. <laughs> Why did I say that? But like, it's imprinted in my brain, apparently. Isn't it like it's the name for like the association that yeah, but runs then, the... Yeah, presumably there's some yeah. reason for it. <laughs> uh, I forget what it means. Yes. I, I've completely yes. fallen off like knowledge of, of racing because I used to go to British Grand Prix and, and all sorts. And my my grandparents did a lot of stuff at the Donington racetrack. Mm. So I, I used to be there all the time and see all not just the, the type of racing that people remember, like seeing like truck racing <laughs> and sidecar racing, racing yeah. and stuff. Um but um, but yeah, and I was like, I, I fancy actually having a racing game again. And I was going through like the list of things that we just had on Steam for like from various bundles. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll play a rally game. And I was like, oh, I've got like, I've got a bunch of the dirt games. The latest one I've got is the fourth one. Let's play that. Apparently, it was the last really good one. So, <laughs> um, um, but so yeah, I've been playing that. It took me like fifty hours to beat the career. Um, so I guess you could say I got into it. Um, <laughs> yeah genuinely a lot of really like nice little touches like um so okay so if you, you're not familiar the way uh i, I don't know why anyone wouldn't but uh, I, I guess some people wouldn't be um the way rallies work is that um you'll have a um like a, the actual like event will be a bunch of stages where cars will drive across like a, an off-road or mostly off-road um sections and your time is added up and at the end of the event whoever has the shortest time wins so yeah. no one's directly racing against each other it's all time trials um and so the game is mostly that but it also has a couple of track racing modes as well um and uh the actual tracks unlike a lot of the rally games i previously played and bearing in mind the last rally game i played was um a, a rally game that i forget what it was called but it it had a it had a white cover and it was an early PS2 release. And I forget what it was called. WRC Rally, maybe? Uh, that's, yeah, I um, don't know. That's the thing. Um, World Rally Championship. That checks out. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was like officially branded. But, but I think that was the last one I played. And I, and uh, so this is like, you know, I don't know how common this is. But like the tracks aren't made by anyone. Uh, well, the ones that you actually play might be. But, uh, but it's all made from like pre-made pieces. Um, and it can even algorithmically just make you a track. You just say how hard you want it to be and how long. Um, yeah, write your own jokes about what I just said. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so so it leads to this kind of surreal thing where like you're driving around the track and like uh, this this track you've never raced on before, but because you know like how some of the pieces fit together, you go, oh, that building's there. That means there's probably a hairpin turn coming up. So you kind of brace for it. It's a little weird. Huh, that's really um, weird. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but because obviously it's all, you know, um, you can just algorithmically generate these things as well. It means there is functionally infinite variety um, whilst they're also being limited variety. It's weird. Um, but it did mean that I, you know, I got really into racing the Group B cars, which meant that I actually learned about Rally Group B, which, if you're not familiar, was a time in the 80s when, for a few years, uh, they went, we want to attract other manufacturers to Rally, so we're going to make a version of Rally that has basically no rules, and people can just enter as obscenely powerful cars as they want. Um, and there weren't like weight limits, so the cars became absurdly light and flimsy whilst having like 500 horsepower engines in them. Um, and then four people died, so they were like, hmm, we shouldn't uh, yeah, do this. Okay. Um, okay. yeah, uh, so, uh, actually, I think it was 
was it like oh no cause i think it was like a thing where like four spectators died and like three people racing died it, yeah it was fucking rough but the cars are like these uh, these kind of mythical um like obs- obscenely powerful uh rally cars uh, i actually have the lego kit of the audi quattro uh group b car because i just really like how it looks and so yeah i've been playing around with that um although it does have one of the more surreal um bugs i guess um so i started playing the game on like i've got it playing on the more arcadey modes because there is a more simulation mode but i'm like i don't give a shit i just want to relax with a racing game yeah yeah, yeah. And I had it set on, like, really easy mode, and I was, like, just completely destroying everyone. And I was like, you know, I'll turn it up a little bit, so I've got a bit more of a challenge. And so I turn it up a couple of levels, and um, I find out that once you turn it on to, I think it's the third level of difficulty, and I think there's, like, six in total, um, then the game starts displaying one of its more surreal quirks, which is that sometimes you will be racing against the AI and it will randomly decide that the AI is the best racer at anything ever. (laughs) And you will go from one event where you manage to, by the end of the event, have a solid minutes lead over all of your competitors, like over like five different stages. You know, you'll have racked up a full minute and you'll be like, okay, cool. And then the next race, they will beat you you can be racing as hard as you can and you and you will not be able to catch up with them and they'll beat you by several seconds each race. And it, you have no idea when you go into a, an event whether you're going to be facing um, the consistently good opponent or the ones who uh, apparently are racing you in a land speed record car. <laughs> um, to the point that I looked up and I was like, like maybe i'm just really bad at some of these tracks and it, i i just don't I don't notice it maybe it's just me and i looked it up and no this is a problem the game has to the point that i saw someone who posted some screenshots where they were racing and they they couldn't catch up with this ai opponent and then they checked the times afterwards and found that the ai was setting times five seconds faster than the fastest human time on record <laughs> Right. At that point, once I read that, I went, you know what? Yeah, I'm just going to bump it down. I'm just going to bump it back down to an easier setting and just enjoy just the game enjoy and it. not worry yeah. about it. Is it when you're racing it, because you're, you're not racing, as you described, it's the rally thing, you know, you're doing time yeah. trials, you're not racing eight people. But do you like see a ghost or whatever of other cars? <laughs> There's like a a, a a um a thing down the side, like a line, and it shows you how far you are through the the track, and it shows your closest opponent. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So so you can you can see where the game is obviously fucking around, and it's suddenly <laughs> you go. I'm not being funny, but that would have been traveling about 250 miles an hour to move that quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um. There's something weird going on with it. I don't know. Uh, but uh but i still really enjoyed it like it does have its flaws but it, uh, it's a really fun game you get to make your own rally team and pick your own sponsors and, oh cool and okay. shit that's you nice. know it's quite yeah. uh, that's kind of fun you re- repair your car between stages so you're like going into it and you're like oh god i had a real bad smash and like my door's off and, <laughs> especially when racing in the group b cars because they're just absolute death traps explode um, every jump you go over it's like you're in a fucking MG Metro that's got 500 horsepower. That was that is a monument to man's arrogance, and no one should have made that. But it's also the coolest shit because my mum had a Metro when I was little. Um, 
So racing in a, a version of it that, like, I'm pretty sure you probably had to sign a waiver saying you wouldn't sue, like, your family won't sue when you die driving it, um, is quite quite interesting. Um, I also, another game I've poured a similar amount of time into is Satisfactory, which is the um, game that's like Factorio, but 3D. Um, I say 3D as in it's like 3D models, not it's like VR 3D or 3D glasses thing. You know, it's three-dimensional space you're in. <laughs> um, um, actually, I don't know if it has got a VR mode. Huh. Um, but started um, playing it on uh, stream because with, uh, with Snipe not being so great, um, I've been doing the Thursday streams with Longfang. Um and so we started playing Satisfactory, and um, that game has really got its hooks into me um, because it, it scratches the same itch that I got from uh, do it playing the Tekkit mod, or the various Tekkit mods in Minecraft, and building computers and absurd systems that automate everything. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because it's basically just that. Yeah, um, I've, I yeah, I've been so wanting to play it at some point. It's if, you ever, if you ever do, if you ever do, uh, you can play it multiplayer incredibly easily. Huh. Um, actually, it's a, r- a really nice touch of the multiplayer um, is that when a person is in, you know, if you've been playing multiplayer with someone, uh, when you log out, that person, if you if you log in and then carry on playing it single player, because you can just do that, um, the person who you were playing with in multiplayer, their character model will stay where they were, but they sit down on the ground and pull out a coffee and just sit there drinking coffee. Um, which led to a really kind of pleasant thing when I logged in and it had ended at like sunrise. We'd, we'd finished the stream at sunrise and then I logged in to just see Longfang's character sitting on top of his tractor drinking coffee as the sun rises. It was like, oh, it was really picturesque and sweet. Um, it's still, it's still in early access. So there's a few bits like weird artifacts you can find that are, um, work in progress. So they don't have a function yet. Like an artifact that for some reason is the shape of that S that everyone at school draws. Um, I don't know why. Uh, but um, but yeah, it's really a, a genuinely great game. Okay. Um, although it does offer a, uh, a segue to, a, uh, to the other part, that I, the other things I'm going to talk about. Because in the, uh, in the first stream we did, um, there's times where you just have to sit there and just craft something and you have to hold down either a mouse button or the space bar. And, um, because it was the nearest thing to him, uh, Long Fang went and reached for, uh, a transformer, um, that was Warpath, um, who's a tank. And he would lean that on his space bar so he could go and have a cigarette, um, whilst he was crafting something that took an age to craft. <laughs> right. um, so, it, so whilst he was off, I uh, I quickly altered our little overlay to, where it has our little our little cartoon faces at the bottom mm. and added Warpath to that. And he's become the unofficial third member of the stream. <laughs> um, and uh, that leads us into uh, the section where I talk about Transformers because, of course, I've been doing more of that. Um, of course. You know what? You know what? I'll actually I'll actually put in a little a little jingle here for the um, the section where Wib talks about Transformers. <laughs> okay, good, good. I enjoyed that. We'll find we'll find out what whatever I decided to put in there. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, so uh, my my transform my continuing Transformers thing uh, meant that let's let's start. So I was talking about games. I I played uh, through. 
uh, Transformers Battlegrounds, um, which is basically XCOM for children who like Transformers. Uh, and as someone who likes Transformers and likes XCOM, but I'm bad at it, um, and so playing a child's game um, <laughs> is probably the best way for me to en- en- engage with that. Yeah, it was pretty fun. It it, it is it is it's um based around the Cyberverse um Transformers thing. It came out like a, a, a like a year and a half ago or something, and just there was no fanfare for it. Um, and so it's based on the most recent animated series for people that aren't up with the Transformers. Um, and yeah, it's quite it's quite a fun little thing. It's got all the voice actors, as far as I'm aware, from the series coming back to it, and uh, you just play through like a. Uh, a, a story that you know kind of just leads you through a kind of like condensed version of like a Transformers story like doesn't tread on the toes of really what happens in the show but you know it does have some interesting things in that um you get uh, your your characters sort of build up a super bar like they're in fucking Street Fighter or whatever um and so you can unleash like super powerful attacks uh, once you've built up enough of it, and you get better at like um, being able to charge it up to the point that on the final level where I'm fighting Megatron, um, I, th- I think I managed to actually take him down from full health to zero by just like chaining all of these special abilities together <laughs> in such a way that it was like oh this does this which means he can't do that and I do this which means this gets an extra point which does this and it was just like this huge chain of things I was only playing on easy because I was doing it all on stream and I didn't want to like you know waste anyone's time yeah yeah but yeah and it was like it, it was fun it, it was a fun little game it does have one of the one of my favorite touches in it is that at the start of the game you you are actually a physical thing you're not just the, the the god in the sky that moves things around you are a human who is picked up by uh there's a little um com- a little ai computer thing called teletran x who's um the computer from the arc um from transformers when it you know crashes into earth and and they're all on it. Uh, the AI gets jettisoned, and this is like the mobile version of it. And it's referred to as Teletran X because the computer is called Teletran One. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Teletran X physically picks picks you up as a human off the ground to get you out of the way of the fighting, and you are asked to basically be eye uh, the eye in the sky um, to direct them. And you kind of forget about this for large portions of time, and then you remember. Wait, no. And they occasionally will reference at the fact that that Teletran has just been holding a random human <laughs> the entire game. Uh, which is just a fun little way of doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I enjoyed yeah. that. It's not. It's not amazing, but if you enjoyed Cyberverse and if you like XCOM style games, it is pretty good. Um, I was give, uh, like, I think I was made to be kind of a bit nicer to it um, off the bat because one of the first review, the first couple of reviews I read about it was people saying, "Oh yeah, I played this with like uh, like my young son and we really enjoyed it." And I'm like, mm, "Oh," okay. and that's yeah. the thing. It's it's based on Cyberverse, which though Cyberverse has got references in it to please um, adults, like it, it contains a character called Wreck and Ruin. Um, who, uh, was it Rack and Ruin? Oh, fake fan. Uh, uh, but he's originally from, like, the Marvel comics, like, from the early 90s, so it's really only, um, 
Yes, Rack and Ruin. Um, who's, who's, so he's only really going to be remembered by people who do that or read the some of the um, later comics. Is the only real place he's been in. Um, but yeah, he's actually on screen for the first time. So that was, you know, little things like that that go from really old things. It like meshes all of the different bits of it together into one hodgepodge. that's sort of skewed a bit more comedic and a bit younger, but also it's just kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. And yeah, so Transformers Battlegrounds, um, it's a bit expensive, probably, but um, if you find it cheap and you're interested in Transformers, and yeah, give it a go. Uh, I've also watched a, a handful of the other shows. Uh, I got through, I finished Beast Wars, I can't remember if I mentioned that last time. Uh, um, Beast Wars is pretty you good. You mentioned Beast Wars, I can't remember if you finished yeah. or not. Yeah, I finished it, it's pretty good. Um, solid series. Um, if you never watched it, Give it, give it a look. Just you have to look past the visuals because they're a bit janky. Because this is this is a uh, mainframe entertainment making things just after reboot, so it's a bit rough. Um, I also watched the sequel series to that, which is called Beast Machines, and is deeply weird. It's probably the most original Transformers series because it's so far detached from everything like the art of transforming becomes this spiritual thing and it's all about creating these techno organic like future for cybertron um megatron's uh it's the same it's it's a continuation of beast wars and so the characters are supposed to be the same but they a lot of them act very different like megatron goes from being this kind of mustache twirling villain who's always going yes who's a lot of fun to this kind of like fucking like genocidal monster um who's not really having fun with it anymore it's 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 yeah it's really surreal it's i don't know if i'd say it was good but it is original uh, as far as these things go the the uh, visuals have improved vastly from beast wars though i will say that and there is there is some good there's interesting parts in it so it's it's, it's worth a watch if you're into this kind of stuff. Hmm. Uh, I also watched Robots in Disguise, which is uh, well finished watching Robots in Disguise, which is a the sequel series to Transformers Prime, which is generally held as being one of the best series that has been made for it. Okay, how does um, the sequel hold up? Um, like you watch it and you go, I ha I I acknowledge that this is meant to be a sequel to this series, and multiple characters show up with the same designs and the same voice actors, but I have real trouble accepting this as existing in the same universe. <laughs> okay. But to be fair, this is true of basically every piece of Transformers media. There were when Transformers started, there were already um the co continuity wise there was the show there was the comic and there was the toy bios all three of those were distinct continuities that contradicted each other and that's not counting all the kind of smaller iterations of the individual ones like the uk marvel stuff had its own continuities and stuff transformers has always been a nightmare of continuity which means that honestly it means people don't care about it as much like because <laughs> <laughs> like you know it's up to you if you want to decide whether the beast wars series is in canon with generation one the generation one cartoon i interpret it as being such but it's uh, uh to put it another way um on the wiki they don't say this is part of generation one continuity they say it is part of the generation one continuity family where all continuities are lumped together huh, okay by type 
It's a whole thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, but it is ostensibly supposed to be a direct sequel, but its art style is radically different. It's not going for the more realistic look. It's going for a cel-shaded thing. It's much more comedic um, and light-hearted. Um, but I enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. Um, the Decepticons all mostly being based around animals. So there's like, you know, like a... a like porcupine decepticon who's like a revolutionary um there's um a crab um like who turns into like a fucking little estate car who like who always runs sideways and is voiced by jim cummins so you're sitting there and going like why do i recognize that voice and you go ah because he voiced every character i watched in every cartoon in my youth um yeah it's it's fun it's it's a fun little series um that kind of yeah gets the end and, and it's it's yeah it does it does all right i wouldn't it's not i don't think it's as good as prime but also it's probably it doesn't have quite as rushed an ending as prime so you know that's uh that's all right mm. um it does um it does also have a really fun new incarnation of grimlock though because uh, grimlock is always the best thing in whatever he's in so yeah <laughs> um uh, what else we got? Oh, uh, also, I watched the the Japanese sequel to Prime uh, because they didn't get robots in disguise, uh, so they made their own one called Transformers <laughs> okay, Go, um, which uh, it was not released on TV. It was bundled in with magazines and two different magazines. Each one got their own version of it. Um, one half of it, I think one was like the samurai team and one half was the shinobi team. And it basically follows two kids who, um, through happenstance, meet up with Autobot teams who are on Earth. And then they in, they engage in time traveling escapades related to these artifacts that they refer to as mirrors, but are very obviously CDs. Um... And it leads to them, at the end, joining forces and fighting the big bad, who is... Um, I forget who the big bad is. Actually. <laughs> it's not Predaking, because it's Predacons. I forget, it's not a very memorable story. <laughs> yeah, um, evidently. <laughs> um, but the, they're only like 10 minute episodes but the weird thing is is that both the, the, both the series like I understand why we never got it because it's basically unlocalizable because multiple episodes contain figures that are like mythological or historical figures from Japan's past okay um, that you me as a, as a filthy westerner had to like look up and go oh this is like a legendary swordsman oh this was a historical guy who did this oh okay um and that's the sort of stuff that would be very hard to localize um but where it gets interesting is that in like the final ep- final episode um optimus prime shows up and it's actually one of the very f- the only time i've seen it where optimus prime is in one of these and he's not referred to as convoy which is his normal name in japan he's actually called optimus prime which is weird mm. um and uh, he sh- he shows up, and um, he is a triple changer that turns into a train and a dragon. That is, that is a good combo. Yeah, I should point out: at no point does the train ever touch the ground. He comes <laughs> down to earth as a dragon, uh, like a dragon made of light, 
uh, scans a train that's fl- that's driving by on the ground. Uh, it's like the front part of a bullet train. Mm. And then he turns into the bullet train and then on rails made of light drives along this flies along on this trail made of light and then sometimes teleports so it's a train that never touches the ground and can and and flies and teleports which one could argue would eliminate it from ever actually being called a train by any reasonable measure but it's a thing the the interesting thing about the final episode is because the uh, the big gimmick of the the toy line the, the transformers go toy line that it was made to promote was that it? Uh, all the toys were co- the two teams were combiners, and they combined in different ways. Like you know, this one's the legs for this version, but then it becomes like the torso for this version. And it becomes the arms for this version, and they could just swap around. Um, the toys actually look really janky to be able to fit in those gimmicks, <laughs> but they could also do some things where they combined between each other and combine with the Optimus Prime from that toy line. I think it's called Optimus X Prime. Um, but for the final episode, uh, apart from like the first minute of it, um, th- both teams go to the same place. And then the last episode of each half is basically the same, but with one key difference, which is that the final combiner they make in the one series, it's the one, it's the version of the combiner where like the team leader from that team is like the main one in the combiner. And it's the other way around for the other one. So it leads to a point where there's this one series that technically has two continuities. You know what I'm talking about? Like weird continuities in Transformers? This is <laughs> a wonderful example of it. Um, you can find it all on YouTube and it's been subtitled. Um, I can't recommend you do it, but if you must do it, just watch one half of it. Even though technically the story's different in both halves, they are following the same beats. So you are following roughly the same yeah, narrative. Okay. It's just... It's just both the two kids have to learn lessons and they learn them from historical figures they have connections to. And it happens in broadly the same way. It's just that one has four episodes and one has six episodes. So if you want to, if you don't want to waste your time, watch the four episode one. If you want to see Optimus Prime as a dragon, watch the one with six episodes. There you go. My thoughts from that. I didn't have time Hmm. to say at the time because you were very excited. So. Dragon Train, Optimus Prime. Optimus yes. Prime, like, as train form, he's riding on tracks made of made of light, which is yes. an electromagnetic wave. On the bullet trains in Japan, maglev trains, so they're also not riding on rails and they're floating on magnetic, electromagnetic things. So it's not entirely wrong. They do have... Yeah, I forgot about it. Right? They, they have a maglev thing. Yeah. There, don't they? yeah. I think the bullet trains are, are the magnet ones. I might be wrong. Apologies if my train knowledge isn't up to scratch. I'm, I'm so I've just disappointed a lot of people. My knowledge of Shinkansen entirely comes from uh, Japanese animated shows at this point, um, like the Shinkalion, um, Shinkalion, how are you supposed to pronounce it? The uh, anime movie that I watched um, that is about uh, trains that transform into giant mecha and... Um, the movie that they made has Godzilla in it and um, <laughs> the characters from Evangelion. So there is a bit where a train that's got the colours of Eva Unit 1 transforms while uh, it's Cruel Angel's Thesis, I think it is, the name of the uh, the um, song from the start of Evangelion, which is a fucking bop, um, like plays and it was the raddest shit. And it also <laughs> Hatsune Miku, the Vocaloid character is one of the people that pilots the mechs 
Um, it's technically a continuation of a series, but I was like, I can. Pro- uh, it's probably fine, and <laughs> I have never been more lost watching a piece of media. Um, but it is also the most glorious thing I've ever watched. But it's all about like bullet trains. Okay. So, um, yeah. Uh, they they that also has trains traveling in the sky made of beam. The tracks are made of light. I mean, um, because yeah, of course it out. This <laughs> is just a thing, apparently. Um, but anyway, uh, the last the last thing uh, I was going to mention, which is also Transformers related, which uh, I imagine a lot of people listening to this will probably know. Uh, I started doing some Transformers reviews on my side mm. channel, just of the toys, um, sure. because that's I've just been really enjoying it, and like you know, it's just been. It's been a fun thing to just make. It's nice to have, like, because, you know, I I love my job. Um, it is a wild privilege to be able <laughs> to make YouTube videos about bullshit for a living. Mm. I love it. But, you know, I'm talking about the same stuff a lot of the time, and it's nice to talk about something new and to be doing something out of a pure passion for doing it. And rather than it, they're all, there being that element of, well, I've got to get this out because it's my job. I've got to, you know, pay bills have got to be paid. Like, you know, um, cause there's always going to be an element that once it becomes a job, it's just the nature of the beast. Um, and so I am just doing these because I wanted to, mm. because I was like, this, this seems like a fun thing to try and do. And so I've been, I've made like five of them, I think at this point, um, dealing with some old stuff and some new stuff. Uh, and yeah, I've been really enjoying them just making like sort of four or five minute videos, um, of just, reviewing transformers toys that i happen to have um i'm not that you know i'm not like as absurdly knowledgeable or as experienced as uh you know the the big names out there in your trans transformer reviewing sphere on youtube but but i'm I'm enjoying it and I'm, I'm learning new stuff and um i'm trying to just do the whole thing with like kind of a good vibes thing like um i'm not just reviewing things and tearing them down partially because i just don't i don't really have much to say about the things that are just bad I don't own many things that are bad because I kind of make sure that the ones I'm buying are actually decent um, or at least fun or I have something to say about. So, yeah, um, if you're interested in watching watching me talk about small plastic men that aren't Warhammer miniatures, um, then go to Wib Does Stuff and the uh, the Wib Does Transformers series, which yeah, is five, five episodes deep at this point. So far. Um, so far, so far. I don't know how long I'll do it. Maybe this will just become the thing that channel does. At the moment it is. Um, but that's the thing. That channel's there for me to just do whatever my weird obsession is at the time. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, but I've been really, really enjoying that. Um, and uh, it has done the dangerous thing of giving me an actual reason to buy more Transformers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and I really, I really want to buy a Warpath now because it's become that third character in the stream. So I've become weirdly attached to that character, and I don't have one. Um, but yeah, so uh, so we'll see where we'll see where that goes. Um, it's going to be interesting. But uh, yeah, I think that's that's about me done. Um, after I've talked for way too long about <laughs> bollocks, the podcast. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's the subtitle of the podcast. I mean, I get. Right? I, I mean, I guess technically, um, you know, the purpose of this podcast is for us all to talk bollocks about what we've been doing. Yeah, so the, you yeah. know, I suppose. Hey, look, we've had we've had this is the point. we've had video game chats. We've had we've had relevant chats. Yeah, I mean, we've it's talked about many different things, many different topics. But now we should talk about a quite different topic, which is questions that people have sent in to us. 
And I have a sneaking suspicion that I, there's either going to be far too many questions or way less than I'd imagine for saying we've not done a podcast for two Yeah, there's a, there's a few, but not... Well, so, the the old email address, um, the, the stupid one, um, the more stupid one. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is now just a drunk email address now. I, I, I've been checking up until this point and we very occasionally get one still to it, but like, because I'm logged into the Gmail thing, it's like easy enough to check. But yeah, this time yeah. there was like 40 emails and they were all just spam. They were, they were like just all complete junk. I was like, okay, that one, obviously the, the, the name of it has been put somewhere that therefore it's awful. So when I first yeah. looked, I was like, oh God, there's loads to do. No, not that you shouldn't email in, but when it, when it's, and it's our fault for leaving it so long, but, and me being lazy for not checking the podcast, the, the podcast email apart from just before we record. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that one's basically a write-off now. But then, yeah, the, the the other one had had some good ones. We've got we've got okay. a bunch. Okay. We might. What's the what's the um, email that people should send? The, it to? the less stupid one is the drummer Matt, I think at gmail.com. Um, <laughs> It's been, it's been it's, a while. It's the email address you tend. It is, but I don't have to type it in to log into it, so who knows? I'm literally typing Gmail. Let's have a look, shall we? <laughs> 132 episodes. <laughs> um, yeah, I was right. I was right. I was right. I should just. I should have just have have the confidence of a mediocre white dude. Come on, let's just do it again. Yeah, yeah. The, the drummer Matt. The drummer Matt at gmail.com. I was right. We're all good. We're all good. Yeah. It's fine. We're all good. It's fine. Good. And yeah, we've had a bunch of emails. Let's um, not dwell too much on many of them. There's not a crazy amount, but also I've not done this for a while. Yeah, I, we'll, we'll I... get through this lightning fast yeah. or as lightning fast yeah. as we are capable Okay, of. Brandon, you guys are, are writers in the Star Wars universe. You get to design a planet that either a movie or an episode or a book or, or whatever piece of media is going to include. What is your planet like? What planet do you design? I want a planet that is um, entirely populated by a uh, rebel cell of gonk droids. Okay. How how would that? I will not be taking. I will not be elaborating upon. Okay. Right. Good. Good. What's what's your what's, what's your? I idea? this is following on from my 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 Mandalorian thoughts. I would like a planet that just hasn't invented or hasn't come up with the concept of bars, because every single episode of the Mandalorian <laughs> starts in a bar, and I just kind of you know want to see how that would work when there isn't a bar and they don't have that crutch to fall on. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I mean, I, I I would say, I mean, you could say that it's a crutch, but aren't like most oh, yeah. towns and cities built Absolutely. around? There was a cross, there was a crossroads, People so they built there, a, bar a bar there, there, and then a town grows around it. Absolutely, but this planet they didn't. <laughs> oh no, it's a crutch that I've used. I'm just, it was just we st- we noticed it after the first few episodes, and then every every episode starts like that, and we just started. We were just mm. pointing out and going, "Hey, it's doing the thing." Well, it's because it's kind of going for a space oh, yeah. western. Absolutely, thing, so absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, of course, of course. It's yeah. just something we noticed, and it's just on my mind at the moment. So that would be my planet. Fair, fair. Okay, it's not the most interesting answer, but <laughs> you know, if we pre-prepare these questions, they'd be better answers. But like, that's no fun. Slash, I can't be asked. Um, blood... <laughs> Mostly the second. <laughs> let's, be, let's be honest. Let's be honest with the people at home. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up, Blood Wolf Koji. 
um, D&D slash role-playing type. Well, it could be real life, I suppose, but I'm presuming um, role-play type question. You and your yep. party of acolytes have j- just finished clearing out an insidious heretical cult, and one of you finds a huge stash of loot holding rare and highly valuable relics. Um, how are they divided up between the party? Uh, I mean, when we've, whenever we've had those kind of things, it's like we've just divided them up by, like, if if they're weapons or war gear, um, like accessories to whoever would benefit from them most. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. And then any, um, any gold or, or money stuff, we've just split evenly. Split evenly. It's not the most exciting answer, is it? No, but I think that you know uh, that that kind of tells you the the way in which a lot of us have played. You know, <laughs> like I guess it's something of I don't even really think of like the possibility of doing it any other way because that just seems like yeah, it's kind of like the band thing when you see when you see people and like when they really go granular about who wrote each song <laughs> yeah. and like to me it's just well if the band wrote it the, the band, band wrote yeah, it yeah like just how someone probably contributed more yeah. it's, it's usually you or Dicko that contributes more but like. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah so that's ju- that's just naturally how we settle into. So it's yeah, that's just how we always do it. Um, I'm sure one day one of us will play a character that means that you know that I'll will just get to play a dick. Not happen. It'd be really hard. To yeah, play one of us will. Person. He says, giving yeah, myself the highest of compliments. I'm just not an awful person. We all just want <laughs> yeah. to play play fun adventures together. I mean, yeah, if if in doubt, in in real life and in mm. role playing, more equal is always more better. Um, yes. So, um, as far as I'm concerned, God, I can't believe bringing <laughs> politics into Dungeons and Dragons. This thing that has never had reflected the politics of its creators at any point of time. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for the boring answer, mm-hmm. Koji. Um. <laughs> That's what you get when it's an oops all map. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, Scott. If you could pick the next 40k faction to get a codex that doesn't already have one, what would it be? Um, Rebel Grotz. Yeah. I mean, um, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I would, I would, I, maybe not a full codex. It'd just be like a supplement, really. Just giving you the option to do that. Hell, I settled for like a White Dwarf article that just actually gave you ability to play them where it actually lets them kind of synergize with mm. it because. The, the way orcs are currently built means that there's really a lot of impediments to you playing such a force. Yeah. Um, and you kind of have to work around them, whereas um, I think it would be neat to be just allow you to, to play them and uh, maybe actually give the Red Gobbo rules that aren't in Legends so don't end up out of date really quickly. Uh, that'd be nice. Um, that's what I'd do for, for mostly selfish reasons. Yeah, fair. And yourself? Um, it is a good question. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the examples that, that Scott said was traitor guard. That might could be could be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Be. You, could, you could definitely do that because that's one of those things where they're like you can have um, occultists and stuff now. So like you can make a sort of pseudo traitor guard army, but and of course you can just make an imperial guard army and just call it. Traitor yeah, guard yeah, army, of course. Yeah. But like. In terms of, like, you know, keywords and, like, how it would work in tournaments to be able to have allies and stuff, you know, like, there's a reason why a proper dedicated trader guard force would be neat. And you could obviously make unique units that the Imperium wouldn't have access mm. to, so. 
Yeah, I quite like, I mean, my idea for doing a, a Gene Stealer Court Army was to have one that's used that codex, but not actually use any of the, like, basically Gene Stealers and just have them as all the, like, vehicles, all the, all the units there, but mm. have them just, just, like, people on a planet that's not in the Imperium and they just haven't quite got around to being all consumed yet. But it was quite yeah. a stretch. Well, it was a bit of a stretch from the, the point of the Gene Stealer Court list with all the actual, you know, Gene Stealers. <laughs> yeah so it'd be interesting i don't know if this is this is more from a, a niche in the fit in a gap or a sort of a gap in the in the work but like to have some factions that were a bit more they're not like baddies or evil or i mean that's mm. that's i get that's the whole setting but like it would be interesting to explore some that aren't just like you know gene stealers or aliens that want to destroy things like orcs and all that sort of stuff or their chaos or whatever or their imperium all different shades of wanting to murderize everything but there's kind of like you know what people that are just like well not necessarily people but some race mm. or faction that is just kind of their own thing but not small enough that they're meaningless but it's just a little I've bit just had, independent i guess i don't know i've just had what i think would would probably be a really good idea then mm. maybe a, a big book um that is code uh, of I, I don't know what you call it codex rebels for the sake of argument and what it would actually be is just, it would be a book that has f- versions of, like, each army, uh, the ones that it makes sense to do, uh, that are rebel factions of them. So ah, there'll okay. be, like, here are rules for making a Space Marine chapter that has that has rebelled but hasn't actually gone chaos. Mm, okay. Um and I know most ones that do that end up going chaos because it's the one place they can go. But you know, yeah. like to do that, okay. yeah, and, and then you've, for, got, your, you've say, got your rebel grots. You've got your, you've got your traitor rebel grots. You've got your traitor guard. You could have that. Could even be a place to have things like that. I know they're not strictly speaking rebels, but like actually make a corsair Eldar list. Um, you could also do um, that. Could be a place for a dedicated fast light and place list. About to mention that, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, you could do stuff like that. I, I am actually really behind that mm. idea, mostly for the rebel grots, obviously. Yeah, yeah, but like in general, because like I, you know, I think that's a really fun idea to be able to make factions that are beta. Like you know, I, I quite often make um, armies that are, are not a non-standard interpretation of them. You know, I've got my uh, my Eldar that are an Exodite force of all spirit host stuff. You know, like. Um, yeah, I think like that. Yeah, I'm really on board with this idea. Games Workshop, uh, James, I know you're listening because you're always listening. Um, make a codex that is just that. Even if you want to, if you want to be really boring about it, then just make it and say that it is not, it will never be tournament legal. That's fine. I don't care. I'm never going to play a tournament. Um, again, um, just, just give, give me that. Just that, that would be really cool. That would be cool of you, and it's been a little while since I've said that would that is a cool thing you've done. Please, okay, <laughs> good. That's my call to action yeah. to a person who doesn't actually exist. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Next up, that was quite a good answer, wasn't it? Next up, Agent <laughs> Sinister. What is a food that you've always wanted to eat or cook but haven't yet had the chance to? Um. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I can't... I, I, yeah. I was about to say, like, ooh, like a deep-fried a deep Mars bar. And I was like, no, actually, I have tried one. I haven't um, tried one. 
I, I would really like to take Can I have that as my answer? They, I mean, I'm okay, going to, yeah, sure. Disappointing, I'm sure. But I would quite like to try one. The answer is um, you bite into it with a level of curiosity and go, you kind of expect it to be terrible. And whilst I wouldn't, I, I've not like, you know, sought out to, to eat one again. Um, but it was nicer than I was expecting, mm. I will admit. Okay. Uh, possibly because it was uh, my body shutting down and it was just giving me happy <laughs> hormones because it was like, oh, well, he's dying. He's eating poison. Like, you know, just flood him with, flood him with good, good hormones because this, this fucker's dying is, is my assumption. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think because um, I'm a real finicky eater. Mm. Um, and like through things like um, when, when um, we uh, we've um, had things to to uh, PO box, uh, which by the way we have a new PO box um, that opened uh, last Saturday. Um, so if you want to send us something, just as long as you don't send something that requires a signature, because we can't accept those. Um, yeah, um, there's a video on the main channel uh, that you can see, and it has uh, like links to like we've got a full list of all the codexes we have and stuff. So if you want to send us a codex. Um, then, you know, you can look in there and see if we already have it. Um, so you're not wasting your postage by sending us something that we can't do anything with. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, we have a new PR box. But yeah, when people sent stuff to the PR box, I got to try a lot of things that I like, you know, like weird American snacks and stuff um, that I was curious about. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't think. I know that at the moment, at the moment we hang up, I'll go, shit, that was, that was the thing I've always wanted to try. Mm. But yeah, I can't actually remember. What's oh, what's the hostess thingy um, that everyone was obsessed slash is obsessed with? Um, Twinkies. Yeah, vaguely intrigued to try one of them. Never had one of them before. The fucking. Oh terrible. yeah, I know. I'm very aware that they're terrible, but I'd quite like to experience the terribleness. Okay, um, you know, like the little Swiss rolls, like the little the the type the little ones that uh, you know, not not like the chocolatey ones, the ones that have got like the jam and cream mm-hmm. in them. Um, eat one of those. Uh, and then, um, then dump, uh, a full <laughs> cup of sugar in your mouth and then lick some plastic. That is a Twinkie. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's a, you, you will eat it and you'll go, this is a worse, like, mini Swiss roll. Okay. That's like, oh, there's a, that reminds me of my, this is a hot take here. What are your thoughts on Oreos? Mm-hmm. Because like everyone them. is obsessed with Oreos, and they're in everything. And don't get me wrong, the, the dairy milk with Oreo bits in it is pretty great. But, like, Oreos mm. are just shit bourbon biscuits. <laughs> they're just... They're, 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 they're similar, but they're worse in every measurable way. They're smaller. They're not as, like, chocolatey and nice. Like, the, the amount of cream you get is less, unless you get the weird triple cream ones or whatever. But then it's like, why you're just admitting that the rest of your biscuit is shit because mm. you need more of the one good bit. Like, <laughs> Oreos are... T- they're rubbish. And I don't understand everyone's obsession when you can get a pack of bourbons for like a quarter of the price. This is this is true. It, it um, makes no sense. It, it boggles like my it. mind. I can't. I, guess, I can't. I cannot comprehend. Personally, uh, personally, I do. I do find them to be distinctly different enough from bourbons. Yeah, like that, the, the, the biscuit. Uh, I enjoy them in a different like way. cardboard and less like nice biscuit. <laughs> I, I appreciate they're different. That's not my point here. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this biscuit discourse. Yeah. Oh man, that um, reminds me up. Yeah, no, I, I I like them just fine. Actually, the ones I really like, uh, you can get the ones that uh, I think they're called what they're called enrobed, which are the, an Oreo, but it's covered in white chocolate. Okay. 
Um, okay, I, think I can are, get behind I, that. I okay. really like those. Um, I, yeah, those are really nice. You get to see, they're usually kind of expensive, and you get them in like a little box. Mm. Um, but if you, if you see them, give them a try because it means that the the harshness of the biscuit is taken away because you've obviously got the kind of smoother kind of taste of the white chocolate. Mm. Okay. Um, so I think that works quite well, and yeah, I, I like Oreos just fine. Mm. I, I don't I, I don't think they're not like my favorite biscuits or anything like. They're no, they're no uh, chocolate hobnobs. Um, <laughs> chocolate hobnobs are All great. those terrifyingly um, unhealthy biscuits that they started making, that like McVitie's ones. Um, are the ones with the like, filling? Are, with the filling <laughs> VIBs, because they're very important biscuits. Um, that has like, so it's like a chocolate digestive, but the, um, which is a, a, a graham cracker. Uh, if you're American. Which I've only um, very recently learned isn't a gram, as in like G-R-A-M cracker. Yeah, it's because Americans can't pronounce the word gram. Yeah, I, it's, um, I only, I only, I only realised that recently, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I've been wrong this whole time. I, I have, I, if, if, if any Americans are listening, um, and I'm sorry for this, this long conversation about biscuits, because... You don't know what a biscuit is. Well, you do, but you think there's yeah. some sort of like weird wheat-based scone or something. I don't. <laughs> yeah, um, you put gravy on biscuits. Uh... Like wait, what? Ooh, yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, if you know, if you know the reason why in America the the name Graham is often pronounced as Graham, and you say Graham cracker, like please explain to me why, because I I would love to know. Um, but regardless anyway, of Americans yes. saying everything wrong and me not just saying that because I'm English and it's you know my job to complain about these things um <laughs> it's almost as if language evolves um <laughs> uh but um but yeah so it's got like yeah a layer of caramel inside of this chocolate digestive and i just sit there dunking them in tea and eating them i'm just like i've eaten like half a packet in like five minutes these things will be the death of me um so oreos <laughs> are not up to that level they don't even come close to that kind of level but I do like them. Okay. I, I, right. I do quite. I do quite like them. I, I think that your statement on them is a bit harsh. But much like your wrong opinions on the Mandalorian, <laughs> I respect your your right to hold wrong okay, opinions. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Not all. Not all of us have have the the benefit of all of our opinions being objective. Um, like Snipe. Not all of us. Not yeah. Not not all of us have a, a objective opinions like Snipe, and not all of us are the person who gets to upload these, so if I really disagree with your opinions, I can edit them to, like, that <laughs> clip. F- uh, the clip from The Simpsons of, like, I was reaching for her sweet cans, you know. Um, I can just edit your audio together to make it sound like, I don't know, you, you would just... You would just... I, I'll just oh, I'll just bleep out what you're saying and then uh, record a little insert and say, um, Matt, you can't be saying all of these slurs all the time. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm fairly you confident know. you did not have, like, the... Um, I was going to say capacity. I didn't mean capacity. You can't be asked to do any of those things. Is is the point I'm trying to make? <laughs> I mean, just because you're right doesn't mean that the threat isn't there. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, all right. How the fuck did we get onto um, this biscuit discussion? Is there a food that you've always wanted to try and you haven't had a chance yet? Oh yeah. What was yeah, your answer? Yeah. Okay. Did you have an answer? I I, I honestly you don't know. everything. I oh, I honestly don't know. I'm sorry. I. Uh, I was, I nearly had one. I was like, peeps. And I was like, no, someone sent them in, into us years ago and I've tried them. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I had two answers. That's, 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 that's all we needed. There's two of us. We needed two answers. That's all we needed. Cool. Okay. All okay, right. Cool. New painter. In honor of Wib's new obsession, 
what would your alternate form be if you were a Transformer? Uh, I don't know. The the obvious answer is to be like a uh, a train, but actually, I'm generally not. Apart from Astro Train, I'm generally not a fan of train transformers. Um, I feel like I'd turn into like I I would want to turn into like a, a car that I find quite um, charming. Mm. Um, like I don't know, like uh, maybe maybe uh, maybe something like very British. Um, <laughs> I don't know, maybe a mini metro. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> nice. Actually, a mini would be cool. Yeah, just an old fashioned mini. Mm. Okay, yeah, we're, we're thinking of we we we've got similar answers on this. Um, yeah, what would you? I be? would either be a Morris Minor Traveller, so that's the, the 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 sort of van version that had the wooden panelling on. Strong answer. Or strong answer. A Volkswagen camper van, but the like. I wouldn't be like the old, like the sixties and the old, like the T T two ones or the, the, the splitties or the bays. And I wouldn't be one of the new ones. I'd be like the T two five or the T three. They're like the eighties ones that are like weirdly ugly and boxy and kind of adorable, <laughs> but in their own weird, objectively ugly way. And that would that would really fit in well with like a kind of G one aesthetic because mm. that was like you know mid eighties. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So yeah, no, th- those are my two answers. Yeah. I don't know if I could decide, but interesting that we both went towards like car van types when you could turn into anything really i mean well, i know it's kind it of is the classic the, cl- the yeah, classic way yeah, um because right. yeah. it's like i could sit there and go like oh i'll turn into an audio interface for a computer <laughs> you know, um, i'll be my own real gear robot um, i'll be a virgin media internet hub <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no. I, it's just, there's something about like I, I think because it's just you think transformer and like the first thing you're yeah, probably going to go to yeah, is a, some one who turns into a yeah. car. And like I have a real soft spot for like a lot of the of the old uh, the, like because so, they have like old cars. Like I, I like Wheeljack because he turns into a Lancia Stratos, um, you know, and obviously Bumblebee turns into a Volkswagen Beetle. And you know, I think there's something quite fun about turning into like cars from a certain era. Like um, there's the the trio of um, Smokescreen, Blue Streak, and Prowl, who all turn into a Nissan Fair Lady Z, isn't it, or something? Um, and like, yeah, they're, they're real cars, and uh, and but they're older cars, so they have that kind of nostalgic quality to them. And like, you obviously you can buy ones nowadays that turn into uh, modern versions of cars, even if they're not necessarily like licensed; they're based on mm. modern cars, yeah. um, and. You know, whilst that's cool and all, like, to me, there's going to be some part of Transformers that is always going to be in, stuck in the 80s. So the more retro look of vehicles is like an element that I find quite charming. So that's probably what draws me to that kind of style of thing. Hmm. Or something. something. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie. Right, a couple left. By a couple, okay. I mean literally not a couple because there's three left um oh okay <laughs> sentient hair uh slightly open-ended question interpret it how you will the love child of warhammer and transformers would you play it it does exist oh, and i always forget the name of it there is a tabletop war game where you play as uh robots that are supposed to be transformers and a lot of them look very similar okay um i think it's called like bot war or something um it, the only reason I haven't bought some is that the minis, uh, the last time I checked, were kind of expensive. Mm, okay. Um, 
and I, uh, I, I, I was too busy buying um, actual Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah. Uh, but I, I would like to try. What about if they, if someone creates like a Warhammer type, you know, that sort of game, but more like they're on the sort of Gaslands sort of idea in that they someone comes out with a rule set, but you use your actual Transformers as your like models. That would be very cool because I know they do that. Like they do that for Gundams. Like if you're, you know, collect Gunpla. Mm, okay. Um, and you, there's, there's, I, I have on my travels through old, um, old like wargaming found two separate games uh, that use Lego pirate ships to do a war game. Okay, that that that, that sounds amazing. Yeah, they're, they're pretty. They're, they're, they're pretty cool. <laughs> that yeah. does sound pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I would absolutely, I would absolutely give it a play. And yeah, something more Gaslandsy that yeah, you, you know, uses like your actual Transformers. Um, that could that could be a really fun way to do it. There was actually a um, a sort of halfway house. There was a thing that Hasbro put out called a Tactics, if I remember its name correctly. Uh, and it was oh, yeah, that's um, a clever name because they're attacking and there's tactics. That's I like, yeah. I like that. <laughs> And it was kind of like a, a really, really stripped down war game where you had, took turns to like move your tokens that were characters that came from Transformers, Star Wars, and Marvel was the three licenses that they had. Huh. And um, the they had like advanced rules where they'd have more more in depth things about like how they affected, but how you attacked was the the the, the actual um, figures either had a spring loaded gimmick. So, like, they'd swing an arm round, or they would have, like, a missile on them that you would fire, and you'd physically fire <laughs> them and try and okay. knock an opponent over, and if they got knocked over, they got knocked out. So it was a really basic war game. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, there have been a few versions of it. I do I do want to play them at some point. Um, not least because it just sounds fun, and also any game where you can... I don't know. Play, uh, play as um, Optimus Prime and then punch Spider Man in the mouth whilst Anakin Skywalker watches. Sounds like a fun time. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that sounds pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last couple, relatively quick fire ones. This first one, okay, uh, Provo. Um, you're either going to have an answer to this or you're not. Let's not dwell if you don't. Okay. If there was a Transformer in 40k, what would be the name of the Transformer Bl- Bane Blade? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, right. uh, <laughs> either one of those ones, uh, have, yeah. something would spring to mind quickly, or it wouldn't, and we'd spend three hours trying to decide the best one. Um, the trick is sitting there and trying to remember, like you know, uh, what existing uh, tank transformers already exist. Mm. Um, However, what you could do is um, do a uh, is is do one, but have it as being one of the crossover things. So you could just have an existing tank based transformer like Warpath or um, or, or even Me- uh, Megatron. Because Megatron's usually a tank now, a, tra- a tank now. Um, so yeah, there are there are options. There are options. Although now I've just been seized by a desire to paint a Bane blade in the bright green and purple <laughs> camo of Generation Two Megatron. Yes. Oh, that'd be rad. Okay, move okay, on, move, move on, because otherwise I'll start looking at the All prices right. for an, another Bane blade. La- uh, last one, Mazu, Song Fox. A um, couple of quick fire ones. W- would what? any of you consider playing the Star Wars Kotar remake when it comes out? 
or alternatively when it's on uh, sale? Uh, I have um, never really played them, but uh, Snipe probably would because uh, she's big into the uh, Old Republic uh, MMO. Uh, I don't. I don't think she's played the the Knights, the Old Republic games, specifically the single player ones. Um, which is, I, I think is what we're talking about because I I get confused because there's like the Old Republic and Knights and the Old Republic and they are separate computing. things. Yeah. Um, and I haven't played. I played a bit of the MMO. Um, and I've never got around to playing the single player one. But um, but yeah, I'm sure Snipe would give it a go. Uh, I, I'd probably give it a go at some mm. point, but um. You know, I'm bad at playing video games. <laughs> I, I'm either not playing any for months or spending <laughs> 50 hours playing a rally. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I'd be keen. I, knowing nothing about it and how well they're going to do it or not, I'm sure if you're a fan of the original, you'll probably hate hate the remake because they're probably going to do something that makes it a different game fundamentally. But yeah, yeah, that seems to be how these things go. But I mean, the idea of the game is really good. But I did try it at some point when it wasn't long enough ago. It wasn't like when it first came out, so I didn't have a nostalgia for it. So it was when it like felt old, and it like mm-hmm. there was some of the things like with old games that you're just not used to. Like it was just not at all obvious what I was meant to do or anything, and I had no <laughs> idea. And I was like, I can't bother to like read a guide and go through a guide. But I just couldn't like for whatever reason. Was it sort of the thing where you played it at that sweet spot where? It's um, not old enough to have retro charm, but it's but it's like not new enough to have the sort of like antiquated systems that we've moved past. Yeah, very much. Um, uh, but the idea of like a single player role play type games in the Star Wars universe sounds amazing. So I'd give it, I'd check it out probably. Hmm. Um, I mean, we'll see. Who knows? It might it might be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very last question. Um, matter again on a slightly yet um on a separate yet slightly related note what are your thoughts on diablo i have never played diablo no i have not played a single game uh, of any of the games at all neither have i (laughs) sorry yeah uh yeah it's not a series i have any connection to uh i the first blizzard game i played was like um I, i actually played a little bit of like warcraft 3 um and uh and then i played wow and um and then i played like overwatch and then that's like kind of it yeah, um, i mean yeah I, I i never got into it uh snipe got into diablo 3 after it got all the shit ripped out of it uh the uh the, the, the auction house and stuff and played a bunch of that i know that much um, but it's not something I've got any experience with, I'm afraid, so mm. I can't offer any real opinion. Yeah, same. And I'm not about to start now, because uh, Blizzard is a den of scum and villainy. Yeah, there is that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, for whatever reason, it doesn't, doesn't tick my boxes. Like, I'm happy to sit on WoW and have been for God knows how many hours and watch the numbers tick up on that. But for whatever reason, thinking of doing the same in Diablo and just watching the numbers tick up just doesn't do it for me at all. I have no idea what the difference is there. Um, yeah those kind of dungeon crawly things it just i i've I've never really gelled with them mm. like it's one of those things where um a bit like say uh the vast majority of the resident evil series where i'm like i i acknowledge and i understand why people enjoy these but for me i i just don't get anything out of them yeah um so yeah yeah same although the exception to that is one of my favorite games growing up was boulders gate dark alliance on the PS2. Well, yeah, but that's that's um, that's quite a different. Well, thing. it's a that's, it's a that's... it's just a hack and slash. Um, numbers tick up as you go through 
thing. It's yeah, but that's a more raw adaptation of like Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, like, it's not, no, the Dark Alliance is very simple, very Diablo esque. You just you know. Oh, is the yeah, do- oh yeah, yeah shit! Yeah, yeah. The Dark Alliance was yeah, the yeah, console yeah. game, it's wasn't it? On the PS2. Oh shit! I, yeah, I, yeah, shit! Yeah, I entirely forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, and this was at a time pre. It wasn't because I liked D and D because I didn't even know what D and D was at the time. I just mm. got had the game, but that was one of my mm. favorite games. Whenever that era was, PS2 era, and yet, yeah, it didn't quite translate over to Diablo for whatever reason. But yeah. yeah, sometimes just one game will just there'll be like one game in a genre that just it, it just it ticks the right boxes for yeah. you, um, and it's not necessarily because it's a good example, but it's just because there's something about it that just you you played it at the right time. Sometimes is all it is, you know. Yeah, but yeah, no thoughts on Diablo itself. No, ah, right, no thoughts, head empty. Yes, and that is end of podcast. That is indeed the end of the podcast. So uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, listening to this. And um, sorry that it was so long since the last one. And uh, sorry uh, sorry that it was just the two of us and uh, you did not get to hear the dulcet tones of Snipe. Um, she might be back for the next one. Uh, might be not. Don't know. Um, we'll, f- we'll figure out. We'll figure yeah, out. We'll, we'll figure sort it out. out. Um but yeah, um, so thank you very much for listening and uh, we'll see you uh, hopefully on time for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when that is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, you all take care out there. Yeah, bye. Goodbye.